Jebediah's life. 17 volumes. So yeah. anyway, the icy wind howls across the top of the frozen fang. This mountain is the domain of an ice dragon named Thraxenhal. And you've used this as a shelter, as a place to hide the avatars as you've rescued them throughout the adventure that we've been going on up to this point. Uh, the avatars somewhere safely tucked away in Thraxenhal's lair um, are somewhere above you on the mountain. You are not quite to the summit. You can kind of see up to where the top of the mountain would be from here, but you have actually just climbed the mountain from the inside through a bit of a sneaky ravine that your monk friend Radford knew about from his, his youthful days growing up here um, and getting, you know, just, just getting into mischief as a, a, young, a young little monk dragonborn. He found this little crevice that you were able to climb up and so you were able to sneak past the army that is besieging this mountain. We're here because an army has found out that you have hidden away the avatars of the gods here and they would like to kill those avatars of the gods. So now you're sort of here as like part, part evacuation quest and partly because Radford, again, who's kind of from this area, he thinks that he's got a lead on the last avatar who's missing so that you can uh, basically do the big magic ritual that will return the world to the way it should be. So we've made it up to the top. Above you is what's called Serpent's Climb. It's a winding path that spins around the whole way up to the summit of the Frozen Fang. But we are actually headed down Serpent's Climb towards the Sunset House, the Guild Hall of the Society of the Silver Sky, and a chapter Radford thought was closed in his past. Um, Radford, how are you feeling as you kind of lead the way down the windswept, barren, icy sides of this mountain. You know, you're kind of in the front of the group leading us on. Describe yourself and also kind of take us into your, your mind state here. Well, he's kind of thinking to himself. He's, he's actually, for the first time in a little while, has popped the cork on his gourd and is kind of lubricating up a little <laughs> bit. Just a little. He's, he's just a limber. This is, you know, it's a social, social situation. So, uh, but it's something that he kind of left in the past and doesn't like that it's unresolved. So always thought that he would get back here to resolve it someday, but he's not really excited about that being forced on him. Um, yeah, so he's he's looking a little nervous, even though it's like, uh, you know, he's he's maybe a couple cups deep, and then and then like a couple more, <laughs> and and never you know, and then that's maybe I don't know. Normally he goes for the apple cats, but then he you know he's he's sipping a lot right now. Has Radford explained? Has he given any context to his companions about where they're going, or is this kind of like a, a solo pilgrimage that they're there for? For Radford? No, I mean, he's he's mentioned that that he's from the from the the Sunset House, and uh, and that he's been here. He he, I believe even canon wise, he's told everybody that he's yeah. this is where he trained. Yeah. Um, gotcha. But uh, but yeah, guys, it's like it, I haven't been here in a long time, um, and I kind of. I kind of parted ways with them when I found out about Kelnor, and uh, just a, it's a it's a different vibe. It's 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 a little it's a little more straight arrow. Is is there anything that we need to know 
that anything that we shouldn't do when we see them. We do not wish to offend anyone there. We're obviously asking for their help. So I just want to make sure that we don't cross any social faux pas. Well, we're, we're not really asking for their help. We're kind of wondering where my ship is. Sure. Um, I don't really think we want to be indebted to them. That is good to know. Um, Are they followers? No. No, no, they're their own thing. Okay. They are, they are, they have nothing to do with Kelnor, and, and quite the antithesis, whereas, mm. where I'm now kind of, of the mindset of kind of live and let live, and, you know, read the room and match the vibe, and, and stuff like, like that, uh, the Sunset House is very pragmatic, very prudent, very much about justice and, Order. Order. Yeah. Yeah, if, uh, if Kelnor is the sun, they're definitely the moon. Mm-hmm. As so, you well. continue winding your way down Serpent's Climb, making sort of the final approach where you would descend out of, like, summit territory of the mountain and into more of, like, a, an icy crag that kind of dips down, um, as you make that round, you look out upon the what should be sort of the world surrounding the mountain, but just like the storm prevented you from seeing in, there's this swirling blizzard that just kind of envelops the frozen fang, uh, sort of an after effect of the presence of a white dragon here. And so you can't see anything of what the, the besieging army is doing. You know, you estimated that it would take them approximately seven days to fully circle around the mountain just based on some of the the military expertise of Alan and and some of the That's tracking some expertise of Bruiser. Yeah, <laughs> I um, appreciate that. And it's been about a day, you know, of you climbing up the mountain the whole way and then kind of going down just a little bit to the Sunset House. So, you know, approximately six days on that estimate um, based on, on what we know so far. Uh, as you come into this sort of... Um, it's sort of a gap or a little ravine that you enter and so the wind dies away, kind of blocked by the stones beyond you. Uh, and you, it begins to sound more like a, just a distant storm kind of way out there rumbling in the distance. The uh, ravine itself is filled with a light fog that sort of obscures visibility beyond about 60 feet in front of you. Um, very, very sort of grayscale, almost like the ethereal plane looked that mm-hmm. time that Jeb went there. Mm-hmm. Um, as you begin moving down Radford especially, you start to recognize you know, the landmarks. Um, the... The Sunset House is a long-established guild. It's a place of tradition, and you know, even though you've been gone for however many years, you know this ravine is the same. You can see kind of at the end of it where it widens out into a little bit of an overlook over the dark wood, you know, beneath, and then there's a little bridge that would lead to the Sunset House. And so, as you, as a group, sort of approach from the eastern side uh, of of the Sunset House here. Um, you are able to kind of see as you walk, there's this bridge that just stretches off into the fog. Um, And then you hear a voice from up above you. You can't see the person, but looking to the side, you do suddenly see kind of a lookout tower. You hear a voice go, "Uh, who hails there? Hail and well met, friend. I'm Radford the White. As I live in breathe, Radford? And he hops out of the tower, descends the full 40 feet, and lands in kind of like a crouching hero landing, cushioned by the snow. Uh, Sure. Uh, Yeah, you can put that little mini there. Um, It is a a winged badger, jumps out of the mountain, lands, locks eyes with Bruiser for a second. Like, 
oh, another one. Oh. And then looks up at uh, at Radford. Radford obviously towers above this. You know, this is like a four foot tall winged badger creature. He's got a deep voice and he carries a, a wood chopping <laughs> axe over his shoulder. And he looks up and he says, Radford, it's been how long has it? What what are you? Who are these people with you? Where where do you welcome home? Welcome home. It's good to see you. I'm so thrilled you that you're here. Will you, will you be joining us for dinner? Will you be staying? Oh, it's about that time. So yes, I would imagine so. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's let us go. And he begins leading the way across the bridge. The bridge looks not like flimsy, but it's made of ice. You know, like it, it's it's been carved the way that an igloo would be carved from ice. It's just these big thick ice blocks that you can see through. And so as you cross the bridge on the look, left side. Uh, well, naturally, yes, mm-hmm. so on the left side of the bridge. Looking down through the bridge, you see a garden that is full of sculptures. So it's just one big ice garden full of sculpture. What? Fox is not crossing that bridge. Fox is not <laughs> crossing that Okay, so most of you cross the bridge. Fox gets held up on the other you, side. Uh, you okay there, pup? Um, I, I, are we sure that's that's... I mean, they're already three quarters of the way across. I was kind of waiting. But what for if you. I'm? What if I'm the weight that I'll, I'll just wait for them to cross, then I'll cross. Fox, if I was able to cross the bridge successfully, I believe that there is a one hundred percent chance that you will cross the bridge successfully as well. But what if I'm the? What if I'm the straw that broke the camel's back? That's not how the physics works. <laughs> uh, uh, it's cold enough. I really don't want to burn a spell slot on you. No, no. Okay, okay, okay. I'll just, I'll just close can. my eyes. This is fine. Okay. Make sure you're walking straight when you close your eyes. Am I, am I, am Jeb, I going straight, him. Jeb? Am I going? Uh, roll a dexterity check. <laughs> Ooh. That's a six on the die, <laughs> but that's a 15 total. Oh, yeah. So you close your eyes. You walk straight in the correct direction. Oh, there, just a little bit to the left. Oh, yep. oh, oh okay. Okay. Yep. A little bit to the right. Uh-huh. You're good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, and just normal ground. A little bit, man. A little, little, little icy. You it's don't fine. have to go literally one foot in front, foot length in front of the other. You well, well uh, you can have a stride. <laughs> Easy for you to say. You're, you're making me look like a fast walker. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll walk a little faster. I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're, you're good. Uh, Confession's good for okay. the soul. Okay, am, am I there? Am I there? You are there. Okay. You're the not, we're not there. We're only ah, halfway. Ah. <laughs> Just keep going. We already made it halfway. Those of you on You're the fine. other end of the bridge, um, the winged badger who greeted you has you know, knocked on the door and a couple other members of the guild have come outside. Uh, and one of them, a, a female tiefling who's just a little bit taller than Radford is, has, has walked up. Radford hasn't seen her yet because he's looking back towards Fox and she claps him on the shoulder and goes, I see you continue to prefer the company of the slow, hey? Oh, hello, Mockery, my old friend. Hello. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a little on the they're a little on the slow side, but you know they they do well. It would be a shame if they slipped, no? <laughs> oh yes, it would. If only they neglected to walk on the left side. My my walking on the left side. You're, don't you're on the left side. Don't worry okay. about it. You're fine. <laughs> Fox finally makes it to the other side of the bridge. There's now a little group of guild members who, I mean, it's just kind of a surprise anytime someone makes it the whole way up this mountain. So they're like, oh, new people, you know, so you're kind of like a, a, a novelty to them. Um, you arrive and, and you're kind of standing on this balcony. So it overlooks the ice garden that you've just left behind. And then there are these big, solid oak doors that are built into what is otherwise, it's just a very sturdily constructed guild hall. I mean, it hangs on the side of the mountain. 
you know, like a clawed creature that is just kind of like held on, latched onto the side. So the wind can scour away any trees or life that's up here, all their, you know, icy rock, and then this guild hall kind of sticking out over the expanse. And in fact, uh, the, the furthest protrusion of the guild hall is what they call the debate amphitheater. It's a place where they philosophize and they challenge ideals. They get a little wordy. It literally sticks out fun. over the expanse of the mountain. Like you could just walk off the edge and fall. Um, Radford so, gets a little worried that Alan might like it here. <laughs> <laughs> um, the 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 crowd gets bigger and bigger until the balcony is kind of full of people who are half greeting Radford and excited to see him again. Half of them don't know who any of you are. And then over the uh, the full like height of everybody, you see this massive. It's a human. You think, but he lo- he's got like just a little tinge to his skin that makes you think maybe there's like some ogre or some orc blood or something in there. He's like like seven feet tall and six feet wide, right? He like <laughs> like by himself, he kind of is squeezed, you cube. know, squeezing to get onto the balcony, Absolute and he unit. he just towers over, and so he's looking down towards your dragonborn friend who looks down on almost no one, uh, or looks up at almost no one. He looks down at him, and he reaches out his hand, and he does some really complicated hand gesture, and then grins big. Hail to the mountain! It's a nice pun. <laughs> How you doing, mountain? He gives Love, a thumbs up with both hands. You too, buddy. <laughs> he reaches over the crowd and kind of as he reaches just the sheer like breadth of his arms kind of pushes people out of the way. <laughs> he very slowly grabs one of the solid oaken doors and pulls it open for you and like waves you into the guild hall. Uh, Radford Ooh. signs a little something and says, May something for you later, maybe. He like get a big grin, you know, like, oh, something for me. Uh, and then he follows the group inside and leads you into the rotunda. It is this massive. Now, inside, you can use flagstones and things because the cold is not as likely to break. And so you have these marble flagstones. A lot of attention has been placed on building this area. There's a staircase that leads down to the ice garden. And then there's kind of a balcony that overlooks that lower floor. And then there are doors that lead into the guild hall proper. It's really pretty down there. This is there's a, a lot of ice sculptures and... And that's where the mountain he he works on the the sculptures and, and you look over there. at that's the mountain and he has the tiniest little like sculpting knife in his hand and he points <laughs> very, at it and nods. Dexterous with it, yeah. These, these people seem very friendly. He oh, puts man. it into a, like again a little teeny pouch that's on his massive belt, and then he like <laughs> follows you in. Alan will reference his utility belt and be like, <laughs> oh, they, that's, you know, "There's a lot too. of excited gesturing and yes, pointing." Exactly. Um, so this is sort of a receiving area for the guild. There are torches that are lit in metal <clears throat> braziers that are on the walls. <laughs> and, you know, the, the inside here, the climate is finally warm enough that you can get out of the, like, winter swaddle that you had to use to get safely up the mountain. Um, there are some snacks that have just kind of been left out for guild members. Um, as you're coming in and the crowd is following you, you can see several guild members wearing, like, kitchen aprons who are hastily, like, running out, like, oh, we have guests, and they're bringing more, like, you know, warm food. They've got a couple warm towels for anyone who's cold. Um, and then standing on the other end of the balcony, looking towards you, you can see four people. There's a dwarf, a halfling, a human, and a tiefling who are standing there looking back towards you and kind of whispering quietly among themselves. Um, I would like an insight check from our rogues. All right. And Radford. Okay. Radford, roll with advantage. 26 for bruiser. Natural one, natural one for Gunner. 
nine for Fox. <laughs> ten for me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Bruiser is the only one who picks up on the fact that one of them is looking at Radford with not quite disdain, but like disappointment and a little bit of tension. Um, not at the rest of you, but just specifically at Radford. The monk, uh, the monk, they're all monks. The halfling <laughs> uh, kind of steps forward from the group and stretches out her hands towards you and says, welcome to the Sunset House. It will be our pleasure to host you as soon as you have explained what has brought you to this, uh, this frozen side of a mountaintop. Will you join us in a receiving hall? Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. Most assuredly, Soul. Bruiser's grabbing snacks on his way in. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, so they Fox lead already you, has like an armful. So they lead you through one of the doors on the other side of the rotunda into a very narrow corridor, five feet wide. You're all walking single file. And you realize that the, the guild hall itself is not actually big and expansive. It's just very intentionally built. So they walk you d uh, down the line in the corridor. On your right, you can see you're kind of getting a little bit of a, a tour between Radford and some of the other monks. So on your right, there's a library uh, for study. On your left, there are a couple supply closets and storage areas. And then there's a large cafeteria, long tables down the center. And this kind of doubles as their receiving hall. So they lead you into this long, thin cafeteria that's like right in the center of the guild hall. And um, they just kind of gather around one of the, the long, it's like a picnic style table, mm -hmm. you know, with benches on each side. And so you gather around one of the tables and the halfling um, gathers with you, the other three people who were with her leave. And she says, so what has brought you in the esteemed company of our good friend Radford back to this wonderful place? So Era, we come with a, uh, a bit of troubling news and a minor plight of... Uh, of assistance. Um, there is an army forming at the base of the mountain, um, an army of those who are under the influence of the Aboliths, if you are aware of them. I presume you have at least caught wind. This is most concerning. The Book Indeed. of Diverging Paths does not mention a scenario like this one. An army should not be gathering at the base of this mountain until the mountain has erupted in fire. That sounds spooky. And a thing <laughs> that I'm not aware of. But that is the case. They are down there. Um, we are looking for the airship that I found when I was here previously. Um, I noticed that it was missing and there was an insignia of the house here. Ah, uh, yes. We felt it would not be prudent to leave a wreckage of, of a wooden construction on the side of the mountain where wind scours all. And so we transported it here. You'll find it in the Western Ice Garden. I appreciate that. Uh, we would have access to it, I presume. Of course. Yes, absolutely. We're, we're not trying to prevent you from, from interacting with it or, or whatnot. We simply thought it would be helpful to you to find all of it here still. Very good. Our aim is to repair it and use it. Um, but there is a matter, well, Alan, you are a bit of a soldier and a strategist. We don't know what's, what the overall intent, well, we're familiar with the overall intention of the Avalis. <laughs> correct, that is correct. But uh, we don't know their immediate atten intentions and plan of action uh, with their army here. But they are, well... Boss, maybe we, I should leave this to you to, well, to explain. We believe that uh, the army forming at the base of the mountain is here because the Aboleths are aware that in Thraxenhau's lair, multiple avatars have been hiding there for safekeeping after we have rescued them from the clutches of the Aboleths who were siphoning off their magical energy for their own evil devices. 
And since we have stationed them there, um, at a certain point, information that we held became compromised and they knew of the fact that we were doing this, that this was a pivotal part of our strategy. And so we came here as soon as we could in order to evacuate them, as well as if you are in need of evacuation, we would be willing to aid you here as well. Um, and to repair the airship to make contact with one of the only avatars that we need to contact left, which is Kay. Soul Eris folds her arms inside her small halfling-sized monk's robe, um, almost as if to involuntarily protect against a chill that isn't present in the room. And she says, an army under the influence of the ancients is gathering at the base of this mountain? That is correct. Well, and we it, have heard not of it? Do you have scouts that leave the area of the house and patrol the area around the mountain? Yes, from time to time we send people down to the Darkwood to harvest resources. The gathering has only begun very recently. The army only reached here a few days ago. Is this a DM question? Yeah. What's up? Does this seem off to Radford that they would be disconnected from this kind of quasi-prevalent information? Uh, it seems weird that they wouldn't know about something at the base of their mountain, but they're like they're an aloof guild. They, okay. they don't know about okay. stuff in the outside world. They don't, you know, okay. they don't watch the news or anything. Yeah. yeah. The army well, only gathered so very recently. If I may. Yes. It's common for them to send people off, though, on pilgrimages. Yes. You were answering in character, but I was talking as Wash. Oh, yeah. yes. Um, People will leave on pilgrimages yeah. when they hear of an injustice. They'll okay. claim an injustice okay. and leave to write it. Right. But it's not like they keep a record of the okay. injustices it just in felt the world. Radford's just a little worried about maybe something under the skin. But okay, okay, okay. It's on the level. Well, maybe. if there is an evacuation to be performed, we would be grateful for your aid, as we are not a militant group, um, though we know some combat and we have some supplies but we would be very grateful in your assistance in first fortifying the guild hall and then aiding in the escape from it when when such becomes necessary. And, and the, the hope would be that the escape would be performed on the airship that we would repair. Would it, would it be big enough to hold all of them? I guess that is what uh, we need to discover. I've, I've seen it, but would I be able to assess that? You think it would probably work, but it would be tight, but it could be done. Okay. You know? It kind of depends, maybe a little bit on your skill and like I've seen it size-wise. Yes, it'd be tight, but I don't know how much weight it can carry. That that would be something we would need to test. If I, it, if I think a big briefly. thing to take into account is that what was his name? The mountain. <laughs> mm -hmm. I. What about him? Good old buddy. Super nice guy. Yeah, I just I I think he might you know, be a little heavier than the rest of us. Oh, no, he's most assuredly heavier <laughs> than the rest of us by a large margin. Oh, oh, but that okay. would be, What's your point? That would be uh, simply in testing the weight capacity of the craft. We would, I believe that what we would do is we would prioritize repairing the craft, um, testing what it can handle, escaping, then after moving people that need to be moved to a safe location to a safe location, then we would use the craft to find K. Oh, there's also... If the avatars are held near the top of the mountain, there is also the matter of fetching them. That is oh, correct. There's, there's that. There's the matter of Thaxenow himself. Yes, that is true. Do you believe... Uh, according to Alan's knowledge, is Thraxenhow a dragon that's very capable of flying Roll around? history. Okay. 
I mean, Thraxanow is an ancient dragon, so he's yeah. got wings and he can fly. Wait, but yeah. yeah, if you want to learn any more of that, then have I met with Thraxanow before? Okay. No, nobody meets with Thraxanow. Okay, Ch- Chip. Yeah, I got a six in history. We were talking about you don't really know anything about it. Okay. I mean, you're from a we different side of the what? world. Yeah. My parents. Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't, didn't they mention Kang? Didn't, uh, didn't they talked ship, about him a lot. Didn't his ship crash? Did it? I don't remember. DM, do I remember if Kay's ship crashed? No? It didn't. It didn't. Oh, I thought uh, they no had, like touched it. ground or something. No, they're pretty sure it's adrift somewhere. Oh, okay. I mean, I remember them saying, like, other ships crashed, which is probably, like, one, oh, like this one here. Yes. It's probably one of Kay's fleet, fleet yeah. or whatever, yeah. Okay, never mind. I'm yeah. going to add a die to the tension uh, pool just for the passage of time. Bruiser wants to pull Alan aside and try and speak uh, quietly and covertly. Covertly? Yeah. Uh, yes, Bruiser? Alan. Um, have we considered the possibility that people here might be compromised? Um, I believe I haven't. We haven't considered it fully. I believe that there we may need to interact with them during our time here to uh, see if compromised in what way. <laughs> <laughs> Did you perhaps forget that I was here? Well, we in our interactions with the Aboleths. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if this is something you know about them, but Aboleths have the ability to take over the minds of in, and influence the minds of various people. And Jeb is caught in a stare as this is going on. He's just kind of like a thousand yard stare, just kind of yeah. listening, but focusing off in the distance. And it is not the fault of the person that the Aboleth takes over. It's, it's not their fault at all. <laughs> They're not themselves at that point. Um, but we have encountered situations where people that we thought we trusted were actually under an, an influence of an Aboleth, and we just need to make sure that no one here who we're rescuing is under that influence. There is a, a way, it may sound quite elementary and silly, um, that we could easily well, check EGAP. everybody. The EGAP procedure, everyone gets a bop. Everyone gets a bop, exactly, um, which is just... Uh, Generally, through a certain amount of mostly harmless blunt force, one can <laughs> mostly dis- harmless. dislodge um, them. F- other, you know, that w- that can cause people to no longer be under the influence of an aboleth. You, um, you mean to tell? Let, let me see if I can summarize the information you yes. just delivered to me. So you have, uh, without any particular invitation, ascended a mountain, brought six strangers to this guild hall. Well one acquaintance and five strangers to this guild hall. You have uh, brought with you news that we cannot confirm of an army besieging us, and your intent is to punch every single member of my guild. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. That is not my intent at all. <laughs> she just turns her eyes to Alan. The That is a quite a humorous way of explaining that, um, and it does point out some of the absurdity of the situation that we are in. However, I believe that in, in, in voicing it that way, um, it can put into perspective how important what, we, what is happening is, and we can indeed confirm to you the news of the mountain, the army gathering at the base of the mountain, I believe fairly easily, if you, have, if you all have a route, a known route that maybe wouldn't require extra machinery to travel down um, to, so that we can get within view to show you the army gathering, we would be more than happy to do so. Um, and regarding the punching situation, that does not have to be the method that we go about this with. 
Um, I'm sure that we can devise another method to suss out any sort of... Um, Tap of the stick. <laughs> <laughs> it will not be necessary. Um, it will not be necessary. It is a strategy we have employed before, but it does not have to be the strategy we employ here. This is... The Society of the Silver Sky is a guild of those who know the value of prudence and who know the danger of inaction. We will weigh this information and we will come to a decision as a council about how to screen our guild because you are right. It is a significant threat and it should be checked for, but I do not feel comfortable simply giving you permission to uh, engage in fisticuffs with the entirety of the Sunset and, House's and residents. I, I apologize for coming across as though I was... I apologize if I came across as extremely insistent that that were the only way. Um, I do not wish to, wish to offend. For what it is worth in the... Uh, consideration of prudence uh, in the future if you wish not to be seen as particularly aggressive perhaps wearing any clothing under your winter wrappings would have helped to avoid the idea that you are a bit of a barbarian well I don't appreciate that <laughs> barbarian was used in a somewhat negative con- connotation in that sentence however um, Alan, I believe this isn't the hill to die on <laughs> I'm not attempting to die upon this hill I am from simply... what you said this is precisely the hill we may die on in a literal sense, that is correct. Not um, today, though. Th- we have work to do. This is also correct. What I am trying to say <laughs> is that uh, while my demeanor um, at a certain point may appear quite um, simple, uh, I hope to show in my actions and also in my skill that, uh, in fact, my my insight goes far beyond my lack of outer garments. Very well. I He's also take... wearing more than he used to. He's got a tool belt and suspenders and glasses now. This is correct. <laughs> this is this is more clothing than he used to wear. Yeah. So it's it's if anything, it would be quite prudent to consider it progress in the right direction. There are actually portraits of me uh, that you could see of from a couple of years ago where I am simply wearing. Um, this and he kind of points to <laughs> like what he wears over <laughs> that area, and these and he just points to his boots. It's quite embarrassing now when I think back on it, but it was a style <laughs> choice. Yes, how embarrassing to be seen <laughs> dressed in that way as opposed to now that you are dressed in that way, but with a tool belt and suspenders. Correct. <laughs> we will provide you rooms in one of our guest houses, and I will take the information you have brought me to the Solus, and we will uh, debate on what to do. And we shall regroup with you uh, in a little bit. In the meantime, uh, please feel free to... Make yourself at home here. Uh, have free reign of our food and and what other supplies you may need. Uh, the Eastern Guest House will be available for you, and Ooh, yes, I will I will connect with you shortly. And she turns to walk out, and you are left by yourselves in the large cafeteria trying to figure out what to do next. Well, uh, I I guess we kind of just chill for a bit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nice. Uh, I think that chilling for a bit is definitely a part of what we're doing right now, as well as I would love to take a, a look at the airship. Yeah. We're already here in the dining hall, so let's yeah. eat and yes. have a meal and like put our feet up a little bit. We worked hard and, to get uh, here. We did. Well, um, some of us, but we did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to take a nap after this, if you're all or... I'll help out with the airship. Yeah. I thought you were going to oh, say you would help out with know. the nap. <laughs> I don't know. 
No, yes. Helping with the airship would be greatly appreciated. As you're having this conversation, the door to the cafeteria opens and a uh, male Azamar walks in, long flowing golden hair, uh, blue eyes, very similar to Owlin, except that his arms are full of books. Ah. And uh, he he walks in, he has this gentle, hushed voice, and he says, my, my old friend, Radford, you have returned. Baltivar! I am so pleased to find you safe. I mean, sir, Baltivar. Yes? There's a library voice. Well, we're not in the library. I know, you can speak as you old will. Old habits. Okay, yeah. I was trying to reaffirm that. I appreciate that. That's <laughs> very, very validating. So. Thank I you. have something for you. You have something friend. for me. Oh, believe me. It's been on my back for a number of years. What What do you, what do you, you mean? You know exactly what I mean. It is quite ready. It is not. It is quite ready. Well, let us begin. And he tosses the books aside, like just helter skelter all over the room, and, and rushes over towards Radford. His gourd and starts pouring out this. It's it's, it's like motor oil cleaner, <laughs> like it's engine cleaner. It is very strong stuff. And he says, Whoa. "You need you need to drink as much of it as possible, as quickly as possible, right now." So it is to be a race. Oh yes. Very much so. Very well. And he sits down. And Alan, you recognize the impression of someone entering a barbaric rage as he grabs the first drink and just chugs it back. And you know what that means. It means a story time at the Wing Badger Tavern. And Woo! we will be right back. Sunir. Gontos. Kotex. Awara. Long ago, the four ancients created a world in harmony. Then, everything changed when the chat emped magic. Only Kelnor, master of good vibes, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. Two years have passed, and four adventurers have discovered a conspiracy, a company selling magic. And although their roleplay is great, they have a lot of XP to earn before they're ready to save anyone. But I believe they can save the world. Welcome back to the Winged Badger Tavern. I'm Josh, your Winged Badger Game Master, here for the first time ever in person with all my players who've flown in for my birthday to celebrate. Let's meet the characters in tonight's adventure. Start Hello, I'm Cleo, and I took that prompt right away before I realized we were actually going to say words at the same time. I am a rogue, changeling, bard thing, and I am here to chill. I don't know how useful I'm going to be here. So, <laughs> do you want to tell us the name of your rogue oh, bardling change thing? Yeah, I, sh I should do that, shouldn't I? <laughs> hey, I'm Wash. <laughs> I play uh, Jebediah Peppermint, the gunfolk mole wizard who spits fire and spires fit. <laughs> I also play Radford the White. Uh, he is a he's a, a dragonborn monk, and this is this is like a little bit of a little bit of his backstory, but. Things are going to be happening. Things Ooh. are going to be happening. Yeah. Yep. Things. Hello. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. I am Trevor. I play Bruiser, the winged badger inquisitive rogue, who uh, is just just kind of chilling right now. You know, this is this is something new for new. Going to start a tavern one day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rogue chilling. Hello, I am Jake, and I play Alan Woodrear, the Azamar Barbarian Artificer, as well as Gunnar Jackson, 
the mastermind rogue demolitions expert. <laughs> Gunner and L. Jackson. Gunner <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, I'm going to keep looking to my right at nobody throughout the stream because I'm so used to when I'm on my webcam, whenever someone else is talking, I do this thing where I kind of like look off to the side and be like, <laughs> invisible person here. That's who I'm looking at. But there's no, now that we're in person, I only should look this way. But I'm so used to doing this. There yeah. are visible people Jake, here. I'm this. here. I'm exactly. right here. So, we're here with you, buddy. I know. I'm still we're processing that we're in person. So I'm just going to look at the wall sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm Josh, your Wing Badger Game Master. I play everybody else. Oh. Uh, so with with all that out of the way, let's jump back into tonight's Dungeons and Dragons adventure. Uh, we've established that you have a couple of goals um, in this sort of we're we're in kind of the calm before the storm here, right? There's an army below that's unfurling, but it's not ready to attack. We've figured out that we need to go and reclaim the avatars uh, who are currently hiding. Um, up up in the, the summit of the mountain. We figured out that we need to repair the airship. Uh, it looks like we need to find definitive proof of the army to get yeah. the Sunset House on board with us. Um, and we've uh, also figured out that Radford is probably not going to be much help with that as he appears to be getting roaring drunk with a librarian friend of his. Well. Uh, at least on this first night. <laughs> um, there's also some terrain in front of you. This does represent the Sunset House. Um, there are two guest houses. So uh, north is this way. Uh, north is to my left. Um, so the debate hall projects to the south off the edge of the mountain. And then there is an eastern and a western guest house, as you can see. Are these the guest houses? Yeah. Cool. So the, the eastern guest house is available to you. Um, and then there's one lookout tower there on the east as well. Uh-huh. And the way that my terrain is set up here, because I've never made terrain before, so it's a little jank. Um, oh, awesome. There are two stories in those guest houses. So it's like, that's not a roof. That's uh, a second uh-huh. floor. I just didn't want to draw walls in on the, the upper floors yeah. where it, it wouldn't, been, wouldn't make yeah. sense. So that's what we're looking at. There's also a cellar system beneath the guild hall that Radford knows about and could easily have explained to you that just allows people to like, oh, I'm going to get supplies from the kitchens to wherever. Sure. Um, so that cellar system is literally on the table underneath the terrain. Like if you lift up the guild hall, you can see the full length of the cellars. So as necessary, we can we can maneuver that as well if we need cool. to. Um, but that's the terrain that's in front of you. So of those things, we're going to kind of, uh, time skip is not the right thing, but kind of, you know, your, it is your choice how you want to divvy up the labor and approach those problems and all sure. that stuff. So the, the, the game is kind of in your hands. Wash has a hand up. What's up, bud? Um, I would like, while, while this short rest is going on, where we're like eating and kicking up our feet. Yeah. You can all have the benefits of a short rest. That was sly. Uh, Jeb is stuck in his mind Mm. and I think it's time to make that roll yeah for the first time all right if I remember remember correctly it's just a straight d20 roll correct yeah the first time it's a d20 yep Uh, we love it when Josh gives our characters trauma rolls yep sometimes your characters do be getting traumatized that is a seven that's a seven it's just not quite enough. Um, Jeb is is stuck there, and instead of piercing the fog, it's almost like the fog extends into his outward senses. And so for about the next day or maybe the next half day, whatever, he's just kind of constantly getting these little flashes of like, oh, I'm surrounded by walls. Suddenly they're the walls of Summit Tower again. Mm. Um, and it, it just kind of puts him back in that place. Um, you can treat this as a layer of fatigue for okay. Jeb. Um, and it will go away the next time you sleep. Like your next long rest will clear it. Yep. I think um, 
Bruiser definitely wants to go look at the airship and and start performing like maintenance on it. Yeah, I was gonna say Alan's priority is also gonna be the airship. Um, I think starting to well, after after we like have this kick up kickback yeah. time, talking among as a as a large group about kind of who wants to take who wants to take on you know these multiple objectives that we're kind of working on. Um, Alan will suggest to Radford that perhaps Radford is the best one to be to like guide. Feel free um, to just have this conversation yeah. if you want. If it's just a character thing, uh, Radford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I appreciate and understand the state you're in. So if I need to re-talk to you about this, oh again no, later. I'm good, man. It's it's this boy. You it's look this over guy right here. Yeah, you gotta worry the ASMR about. is like <laughs> completely like you know bright red cheeks. Yeah, yeah. At least like doesn't even really know where he is. He's kind of reaching in the wrong direction, and Radford just sort of hands a mug yeah, over there, there for him. I, He's like, yeah, yeah. I have Woo! been there. I've like librarian timidity is gone because of that. <laughs> I'm exactly. building up. A, I've been building up a tolerance for years. This is a really uh, long con. Uh, I understand. Um, well, what I was going to say is that perhaps you would be the most trust trusted person to guide uh, any of your allies that need to, or any of these people that need to see the army gathering around the mountain. You may be the best person to do that, mm. as you know the ways. And sure, also, sure. they yeah. if they take it from you, and they are you are there with them, they are probably more likely to be like, okay, this isn't a trick. Yeah, I, I agree. I wasn't anticipating it being helpful at all about the airship. I found it and I knew what it was, but I can't do beans with it. Well, I'm I'm sure that it is an exaggeration, oh. but I no, but no, I no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> well, either way, it seems as though um, Bruiser and I will take uh, take head on, on very the, good, very good on the airship. Yes, folks. don't worry. Um, my character name being Fox, yes. Thank you for calling me my my. We name. all knew that. Um, <laughs> you okay? You didn't sip some of this. It's not meant for you. I I I, I may have I may have snuck a, a little sip. Oh, there's a um, Constitution save in your future, sir. Go uh, ahead and roll that. That <laughs> <laughs> one. That one. <laughs> Fox is instantly every bit as plastered as the librarian. I'm I'm, I'm gonna find the the beds, and I'm I'm gonna secure. The beds, they need securing. Yes, I, I agree. They're going to be the most secure beds you ever see. I appreciate that. Me to leave it out. No, it is okay. I, uh, <laughs> beds. Yes, that I think that is a great role. The librarian puts an arm around Fox's shoulders and he goes, "Beds, I beds you that I can drink more of this than you can drink." I uh, you uh, I already lost that bed. Beds, all right. <laughs> Give me another one. He like reaches towards Radford and. Uh, I I don't know whether we how urgent it is. I think that it may be fairly urgent for, um, perhaps, Jeb. Jeb, yeah. are you? Um, uh, yeah. Well, I, what? Do you, are you, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, why? Okay. Why? Uh, no, no, no reason. We can talk later if if need be. But okay. Um, I I believe that perhaps Jeb and Gunner, you may be uh the ones to take on the the role of locating um. The avatars and Thrax and how? Oh, oh! Okay. I know that that's a lot. Um, and if and if you feel as though that may not be in your um, wheelhouse, we can we can nah, nah, adjust. There's, there's, uh, there's only a couple. You you afraid of you afraid of heights, big guy? Not really. I mean, okay, we got here. I well, I mean, but I like, I mean, like heights, heights, not like being in a high place. Oh well, 
being above a lot of nothing below you. Not not as far as I know. Hasn't have really tested. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll test that theory. Yeah, then. I guess. Yeah, okay, um, nice. But, my friend Jeb's gonna do it right. Oh, he would hate this so much. <laughs> from what I, from what I can he's tell, got yeah, his, yeah, completely and, right. Yeah. Yeah. He's the best blowy up guy I know. Please, I appreciate. Oh, really? That. I appreciate we need to talk that about this. Ooh. Please don't uh, blow up the yeah. mountain. Do you have? Yeah. Oh, this is good. Oh, boom! It's gonna be great. That's. You know, we don't need to. We don't need to. Was your was your biggest explosion you've ever done? Well, one time, I blew up an entire summit. T- you were there. Really? You were. You were there. <laughs> I don't remember. When oh. I blew up Summit Tower, and Jeb goes into his thousand yards. I'm sorry. I know that might anyway, be. Do I need to make another roll? Sure. Why not? <laughs> I'm. I'm. I, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to. That was. That's a two. That's a two. That's a two. No success. Second round of fatigue. Oh. 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 I'm. I'm. What are so you such um, traumatic? He was. I'm, I'm sorry. He had a, a squid thing in his brain space. I'm, 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 I'm so sorry. And he He's was probably not feeling good because he needs a drink. He needs Where's a drink. drink? Let's give him a, a drink. drink. Yeah. Okay. Here, little guy, have some of this. <laughs> and some mug over towards Jeff. Beep boop boop beep beep. Oh no, I don't want. Yeah, and it's, it's making you feel better. No, no, Made I, me I, feel better. <laughs> 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 no, no, I'm, 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 I'm fine. I'm uh, gonna add a die to the tension pool just for the passage of time. More for me. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, we can, we can discuss. No, not, no, or not cool. discuss anything. Like I, anything I blew like up. I blew up a whole bunch of these cool like, little light tower things. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. impressive. Wait, you were, you guys were there, weren't you? You probably saw like the wreckage. You're at. The- oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah. you. Yeah, that was me. That is quite yeah. impressive. It was pretty fun. Oh my god, yeah. did, did you destroy? Oh, Gunner realizes he remembers. <laughs> like he's like, you destroyed the bat. You destroyed. You destroyed the the battery banks, didn't you? Oh yeah, those yeah, things yeah. light up, don't they? Yeah, that like a All right. All right. He was flying around like a little, uh, like a, what's about to fly out of his uh, mouth. Oh yeah, but yeah. faster. Well, he was what, pew, I, pew. what I was thinking. We can talk. Fox, more roll about a Constitution this. save to avoid falling asleep <laughs> we, right now. We can we can talk more Whoa. about this yeah, on, okay. on our trip if you want. Very good. But what's up? Nineteen. Nineteen. Fox is he's awake. <laughs> if we for some reason do have to rig this mountain to blow, if the if the armies get up here, for example, mm-hmm. I think I think we're the guys for the job. I mean, he pulls up his blunderbuss. Is this that, looks, guy? that looks dangerous. Sometimes, and he pulls out big boy, but that, then other times. That looks dangerous. Yeah. All right. I'm All so right. glad you guys got to like, talk about <laughs> <laughs> your like, blowing up of things. It's, yeah. So, it's so, so nice to watch. I kind of want to put like some of that in a bottle and use it as a weapon. Like Gunner, Gunner uh, <laughs> pulls out the Nomengard grenade. You ever seen one of these before? I want to now. Whoa. Oh, be careful with that. I... Uh, I Yes. We don't want to piss off Thrax and Hell. That drink, hide? Well, well anyway, we're going to yeah. fly. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, we'll he, see you guys later. Um, and uh, Jeb's going to... Well, and then Alan, Alan will point out, Alan will say... Well, and and these aren't God, these aren't things God. that we have to do at this very moment. If we need to take a night, take an evening to rest. There's a loud scraping noise as Fox and the librarian begin trying to get all the drinks and stuff <laughs> as far away from Gunner as they possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's fine. 
<laughs> uh, Alan will continue though. If 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 we feel as though we need to take a night's rest before beginning all of these things, that is fine. I believe that Bruiser and I should take a look at the airship before the evening. Yeah, um, mm. but we as far as figure out what parts we need. Yes, exactly. But as far as um, the the two other tasks being things that need you know require leaving the house, I believe that th- it might be prudent to sleep on those things before heading out now. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Your call. Yeah. I think I, I think that judgment. that would be good. Um, so that we're all just ready ready for the thing. You want to make know. a pillow fort? Oh, you, whoa, dude. <laughs> you can't do that. Like in the library, though. In the library? No, you can't do it in the <laughs> library. <laughs> oh. No, because like, cause there's no pillows. Oh. In the library! <laughs> <laughs> that makes so much sense. <laughs> so you can't do it in the library, man. But what if we buy Pillows to the library. What if we, where do we get the pillows from? The guest house. The guest you house. You have a guest house, right? I have a guest Let's house. Let's go get the pillows We're from the guest the house. As they leave and to get the pillows, like shuffle out, uh, out the Alan door. And Bruiser yeah. will leave to go look at the we'll, airship. We'll go to the airship. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, Jeb and Radford. Well, and and Gunner um, and Gunner. Yeah, I, mean, I guess you two go get some rest, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm to just sleep. gonna. I'm just gonna walk around, say hi to some people. Maybe I'll uh, hit up Mockery and see, okay. see what's what. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna hit the hit the hay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not feeling so great. I'm gonna give some shut eye. Okay, uh, so let's divvy up the characters as necessary, and I think let's start by following um, Bruiser and Owlin over to the airship. The airship is down here, right? Uh, the airship is in or over there, over here on this okay. side, uh, on the in the western ice garden. Hopefully, I said that right the first time, but that's where it is now because I don't remember what I said. No, that's okay. <laughs> I don't know cardinal directions. <laughs> what so. about crow directions? <laughs> uh, no, but sparrow directions. Oh, I those ones know. are good. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so you head over to the. You start maybe on the bridge above the ice garden, then you kind of head down there to get a, a more close look at the airship. And as you're looking at it, you start to get like the impression of what happened. I would like mm-hmm. Alan to roll an artificer tools check, and I would like a bruiser to roll a, um, a history check. And even if you're not trained in it, treat it as though you were proficient because it's a vehicle. Okay. Fifteen. Oh, no, the dice aren't being kind to me. Nine. Nine. Okay. So it takes Alan a lot longer to sort of put any pieces together from it. As Alan is kind of looking at the like the machinery that made it go and like how did this thing actually operate, Bruiser is the one who's really doing the forensics. And so Bruiser's having, you know, you're kind of watching based on like the impact shape and the craters and the way it's cracked and broken. Yeah. You start to see the impact of the airship. And so you can picture, you know, based on the size and the shape of it, this was probably like a pleasure cruise type of thing Mm. where it's like a, you know, a luxury, uh, a luxury process. Um, And so it's probably a lot of rich nobles and people who can't really take care of themselves out in the wilderness. And you can start to see the day where, when, when the darkening occurred and all of a sudden there was no propellant, there was no thrust. And so whatever direction it was going, it looks from the way it impacted like it was mid-turn. He was trying to turn past the mountain to oh. avoid getting into the blizzard. And instead it had turned part way. And so it went head on straight into 
the icy storm. You can see the scorch marks where the thunder must have slammed into the wooden braces of the ship, rocketed along the side, along the metal rivets or the steel rivets, and kind of charred these big, long gashes into wood that has now rotted through from the moisture. And then as the ship continued on its path, you can see as it began to list, you can see the damages and the dents as you know everyone's possessions slammed into one side of the ship until it finally came to a rest, slamming deck first into the mountain and crushing around it. So all these nobles who are on the deck of the ship trying to like hang on to something for dear life, they're hanging vertically, you know, holding onto railings above or they fall into the railings below and are kind of glomping on and they just slam into the mountain. You can see, you know, the blood spatter and the evidence of like, this was not a pleasant landing. It was not a soft landing. And most importantly, the landing damaged pretty much every system on the ship. You know, you're not a ship pilot specifically, but you know the general workings of yeah. the vehicle. So you can see like, okay, this thing was probably to do with air pressure at high altitude, that thing's broke. This thing over here has to do with steering, that thing's broke. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just like every system on the ship has been destroyed. It's gonna need basically, you're pretty much starting from scratch, but you have some wood supplies to build yeah. the thing out of, you know? Uh. Um, Alan, as as Bruiser's kind of recounting all this to you, you're it's sort of, you know, you hear it and you retain it, but it's kind of in one ear and out the other because you're over there studying those broken systems. Mm -hmm. And so you're looking towards them and you're like, yeah, I think, I think some of these could be repaired. Um, but what you would need to do would probably take a while. You think it's probably two or three days to get, you know, for each system. Yeah. So it's like two or three days for life support, two or three days for thrust, two or three days for steering, um, and two or three days for like the, the rest of the automated system, like basically the conveniences, you know, like lights turning on it, you know, internals, uh -huh. um, things like that. Uh -huh. um, so you're probably looking at a total of, depending on how you rolled, uh, eight to um, eight to 16 days of, of repair time. Okay. This um, is, I have a DM question real quick. Yeah, what's up? Has it been one lunar, or has it changed lunar cycles since the last time Alan summoned council from the rock? 100%, yes, okay. it has. Um, so it's, it's changed lunar Good cycles. Um, and it is, we, we are headed towards, based on your estimate with the army, um, after tonight's long rest, five days until you think they're Oof. ready to begin assaulting okay. the mountain. They would still have to get past the dark wood and climb yeah. up and whatever that means, but five days till they're ready to go. And the estimate that I think right now would be eight to 10 days to get eight it to all 16, fit. Eight to 16, depending on how you days. rolled. Oh, man, that's, the best yeah. set of rolls would finish in eight days. Okay. The worst set would finish in 16 all days. Right. You could obviously come up with ways so that it's not just Alan working on it yeah. and maybe that could speed things up. Yeah. But that's kind of your, your initial assessment of the ship is, okay. as the two of you are kind of looking at it um i believe based on what we saw on the way here um that we have probably about five days until the army yeah. um begins the assault um now it would take a few days for them to even reach close to here um but yeah. that isn't exactly a uh corner i'd like to brush up against if that makes sense and this is uh See, definitely uh, seen some better days. Yes, um, I, from what I can tell based on what you told me and what I have seen here, it would probably take at least eight days. Um, I think step one is just making a list of everything we need. Yes. And then hopefully we can get some people to help us gather all of that stuff and that might cut down a little bit if we don't have to worry about going out and getting everything. Yes. Um. That is definitely a proponent of it, and I, I, you know, I haven't interacted with you too much here, Bruiser, but I just would love to get a <laughs> gauge on what, 
what are what what do you feel comfortable as your role in this repair process? Like, what is something that you feel like you can take ownership of in this? I mean, I I know engines really well. Okay. Um, specifically to to cipher truck, but I okay. think that could transfer a little bit to this. Yes, I I agree. Um, I know like steering. Chat okay. has added the third die to the tension pull. Ooh. 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 Um. um so I can handle like steering systems if there's a sale, that sort perfect. of thing. So uh, if we if we if if you were able to work on those systems, uh, I believe that that would probably cut down the amount of time already. Uh, so Josh, if if Alan were to take care of some of the other systems, but Bruiser focused on the steering and the propulsion, mm-hmm. would that save some time already? Yeah, two to three days per system. So okay. if you did them side by side, you would cut yeah. two to three okay. days off okay. of your work time. So that is great. Um, so I believe that that is a great starting point as far as working on those things. We'll uh, definitely need someone who knows carpentry because I, I don't know much about like whole yes. building. Yes, I and I don't, I don't know quite so much about that necessarily either. Um, another step that I would like to take... Um, now that we've kind of taken it all in, is um, I think I would like to consult with the Rod of Intelligence and the, the 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 ancient rulers that are hidden within there, and see if they have any inspiration for this process or any um, recommendations on what might be prudent for us. That sounds good. I might be able to if if. I don't know how like much time I have, but I might be able to drum up some some contacts here who could help me find stuff. Probably in this mount, like there's no one to be in contact with yeah. in this mountain. Well, like talk to the the people in the guilds and make oh, yeah. new network, contacts. Network. Yes. Yeah. you could definitely network. make new contacts in the guild. I thought you meant like oh, accessing no, no. people you already knew. Time Got to schmooze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if 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 you want to spend some time doing that this evening, then I may go back to the guest house and then consult with the rod. All right. Um, do you want to do the list of things we need? Yes, now? let's do the list now. Yes, and then, that sounds perfect. Then we can start gathering that. Yes, that sounds great. So cool. and so yeah, that's what we'll spend more time doing is like just making sure that we have everything kind of itemized that we like a list of all of. the items that yeah. you need to make. Yeah. Okay. Or fine. Uh, your your to do list works out to be. Um, life support systems, so that's like climate control, oxygen yeah. pressurization, um, that sort of thing. Thrust or propulsion. Um, and I'll tell you that one of the ways you can make the system longer or shorter is by choosing how you want the ship to be propelled. It's a lot easier to stretch canvas as sails than it is to build you know, a rocket thruster. Sure. So um, you're going to choose how you want it to, to be thrust, and then we're going to decide you know, how long that will take to make based on complexity. Yeah. Um, the steering apparatus um, is, is another system you need to make. There are the sort of circuits of convenience uh, like light switches going on and off, doors that can be automated instead of manual. Um, you know, this was a luxury cruise. So, it, you know, th- all that stuff is in there if you can repair it and get it working yeah. again. Um, and then structural integrity is the last piece. You know, actually building a ship uh, that can that can take off and move. Um, yeah. And I will get, because of your artificer training, um, Alan, whenever he's doing something artificer tools based, is going to be able to do it with advantage on this okay. versus other people who help you will have to roll normally or even yeah. disadvantage depending on their experience okay. levels. So from this list, I believe it would be helpful for when you find try to find some sort of contact here 
if you were to find someone whose specialty is that sort of carpentry that yeah. you were describing, that is a little bit outside of my wheelhouse as well as your wheelhouse. Yeah. Because right now, it seems as though we can both take ownership of two systems and then we have yeah. the one left over. Um, so if, if that is prioritized, I think that would be extremely helpful. Maybe this uh, mountain guy will be helpful. Ooh, yes. That is quite possible. Yeah. If he has skill with ice sculpting and things like that. Yeah. Well, in that case, I will head to the guest house and uh, consult with the rod. I think Bruiser will go talk to Radford first. Okay. Um, Radford has been wandering the halls connecting with people. So let's start there and then we'll cool. cut back to Bruiser when yeah. he introduces, you know, when he enters the narrative here. Um, so Radford, you leave the, um, the cafeteria mm-hmm. and you just begin wandering around. Um, just as a brief reminder, I know you've seen this map, yeah, but it's yeah. not labeled. So you could go to the library, um, the the hall, not the hall, the quarters of the Solis, that council is next to the library there. They each have a room and then there's sort of a debate area for them. Um, you could go to the kitchens. They, ki- they don't have servants here. It's just some of the yeah, guild workers yeah. rotate through. Um, you could go to the, the debate um, the debate stage, or you could go to... <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting a cough It's okay. Drop. You could go to the kitchens and get a cough drop. Uh, there's like a space there where you can do that if you want to. Mm-hmm. You could go to the other guest house, and um, you know some of the guild members are staying there, or just I'm the looking. normal dorms quarters are that last stretch of uh, open space right above the debate space. Okay. And then some people stay in the lookout tower if they're taking you know a lookout shift, basically. I'm trying to remember... When I, like he's trying to think back to when he was a was a student here, mm-hmm. um, and that that one place where him and Mockery used to hang out, out on the the edge of the the uh, like on the on the other side of the debate hall. Yeah, absolutely. So so you kind of have the outer wall to your back. There's like a bit of a ledge out there. Yeah. Um, he's going to walk out and. See if she's hanging out there. Yeah, absolutely. So he walks into the debate hall, which is this big open-air amphitheater. Mm -hmm. So it's cold out here again, Mm -hmm. um, which obviously for him being an ice dragon doesn't really mean that much. Um, There's a large uh, stage that's... It's a proscenium-style stage, so it protrudes out and then has kind of a semicircle. And then there are rings of, um, like, bleacher-style seats. Mm -hmm. And then at the so end he'll of climb the, up over to the top of it and yeah. hop over the edge exactly. and climb his way down to that little jetting Precisely. Yep. And on the other end, there's just a little bit of land that kind of sticks out past there that's providing like the reinforcement for the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes down at a grade. Enough for him and to so hang the bottom, his feet off. Exactly. Over the cliff. Yep. So just enough for him to hang his feet off over the cliff. And just as it was however many years ago when a young Radford was there hanging out with his friend, there's Mockery smoking a cigar. Um, you know, the, the mm-hmm. little tip of it kind of burning bright in the otherwise swirling fog that's surrounding the guild hall. Um, sitting there, she hears you coming and looks up and says, Hello again. Hey, girl. <laughs> and he sits down next to her and pulls out an apple cat <laughs> and joins her. And it's good to see you again. It's good to be seen. You look like hell. Hi. Feel a little bit like hell, but also a little bit like heaven. Did you did you climb the mountain the way I think you climb the mountain? Oh, you know it. Straight How? to the belly of the beast. How did you climb that? Well, I tell you what. Just like old times. How about a tail for a tail? 
and he like twitches his tail a little bit. Depends on how good the tail is. Mm-hmm. You drive a hard bargain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and Radford will elaborate on the mechanisms and, and how it was quite an interesting experience to, to go up that tunnel as opposed to sliding down like normal. And, uh, and yeah, so in the end, seatbelts suck. You know, safety harness is uh, the worst. <laughs> and uh, they're just completely useless anyway. But, but boy, it was a time. So is is really true, Zen. There is an army. You're not just making this up to try and, you know, get the Solis to overlook the condition you left things? I don't do that anymore. Well, a deal is a deal. I've heard your tale. What would you like to learn about? You. I miss you. It's good to see you again. What's been going on with you in the, in the house? Things here are the same as they always have been. The, the sunset house stays the same no matter how many times the sun passes overhead, yo. We have seen... A uh, number of, you know, new new initiates who have come and grown into their, their role here. Lots of, lots of book reading. Uh, not a lot of adventure up here in the mountains. No a pilgrimage. few other injustices that have been claimed. Mm-hmm. Um, Any of yours? No, I have no sculptures yet. Mm. I uh, have been elevated to a training position in the library i help uh, with the translation of old documents good for you uh my languages that i speak now uh now number 13 mm. uh and i feel that as that number is considered unlucky by many that i should stop learning others now so i can continue to scare off the weak there you go <laughs> uh she tosses her cigar out into the the mist mm-hmm. and it you know flips away until the little red light dies out but it is a it is a steady life, you know. It it is consistent. I like the I like the the discipline of it. What of what of Fenega, Sol Fenega? Hmm. Sol Fenega did not look pleased to see you return. No. Uh, never speaks of you. When you left, uh, Sol Fenega personally began the foundation for your statue, and when you did not return, Sol Fenega personally went out and hammered it to bits. Uh, so that seems like a negative impression uh, that I might take away from it. Uh, but the Solis, they, they are more isolated than perhaps they used to be. They spend a lot of time, you know, reading, especially studying from the Book of Diverging Paths uh, and, and trying to determine what will happen and when without going out into the world and experiencing any of it, you know? Yeah. I have... Uh... I question the prudence of that method. Dangerous business here to question the prudence of anything the Solis do. Mm. But the prudence is so important, it would be unwise to not question its source. Dawn only shines on the prudent, as we say. And the sun sets on the fool. So it does. So it does. So these travelers that you bring with you, they are friends? Tagalongs? 
technically co-workers. <laughs> co-workers? Mm, yeah. You have taken up employment. It's, it's, it's a, technically, I haven't been paid. <laughs> so, yeah, that's so kind of debatable. So you left the Sunset House to take up employment for which you are not paid. One might consider it prudent to get them to help in my endeavors by making them think I'm an employee. They're very structured in their minds like that. <laughs> so you consider them... They're colleagues. Assets? Tools to be no, used? No, no, no. Maybe, maybe at the beginning. Hmm. But there's something bigger going on. Something much bigger. You've and been saying that every time you see a storm cloud since you were like three. <laughs> it's Nine. hard to be sure that you are right now. I have yet to be wrong. <laughs> that's not true. You've been wrong like hundreds of times. You were like, oh, that's the omen. And then the storm would pass and the sun would rise again. Or you'd be like, oh, no, there's a loud noise. It's the avalanche. And then it would just be like a Yeti who is just kind of running by and would go down the slope. Yetis are very formidable foes and you know it. <laughs> but they're not avalanches. They look like walking avalanches. I respect <laughs> that your eyes are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I respect that your horns are in a very awkward place. They're on my head. What do you mean by that? Your horns go up. Mine go back. Mine are better. <laughs> if I want to stab somebody with my head, I can do it. If you want to stab somebody with your head, you have to be like, oh, no, big threatening person. Please stand if behind I me, but don't take any attacks so that I, I can punch him in the front and I will stab them from And then try and, try and magically turn around it's and see how the damage was, but that pulls your horn out so you don't... I just, you know, stab the horn in and can twist and then they are dead. Yet? Of course I can walk on water. That's well, like cool. elementary behavior things. Mm -hmm. Can you walk up walls yet? Yes, I can. Oh, fine. Okay, that's cool <laughs> that you can do that too. I see that you've been growing even though you've been away from the sunset. That sounds like actually you're kind of badass. That's I kind miss of cool. you, Mark. Yeah, I miss you too. <laughs> <laughs> Cigar. <laughs> Here, you can have an apple cat. And, and the trade yeah. happens. Mockery snaps her fingers and a small little flame oh, erupts. Oh, do me. Do me. Okay. She snaps her fingers ah, again. my nose. <laughs> a little lower. Thank you. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Mm. And as she uh, kind of subtly slips the tinder box that she's using to pretend she can do any magic <laughs> back into her, which you know, she's done this trick since like ever. Um, yeah. She slips it like back into, into her pack. Now you see, if this goes the way that, that these guys are saying that it's going to go, yeah, that'll be back. Mm. So that would be very cool. A lot of people's lives will be improved by it. As a uh, little thunder rolls in the distance from the storm that constantly uh, surrounds the frozen fang kind of swirling around, you get the impression that somewhere out there another chatter has subscribed and the pool Ooh. of dice you get to roll on a critical mm. hit just got bigger. Thank Ooh. you, Chad. Wow. Uh, welcome, Tempest. Um, yes. I just... I've seen a lot. You know, when I went to Arivale, it was, there was a lot of hurt, a lot of people that didn't make it, a lot of casualties, and I was mad. I let my emotions get away from me, and when I took that injustice, I, I wasn't thinking 
I I'm learning that prudence can be rash. And sometimes when when we set ourselves towards the sun, we don't see clearly till until later in the day. Interesting. You would challenge the dichotomy of prudence and inaction with another dichotomy. Prudence. Seems a little ironic, doesn't it? Yes, especially considering that inaction and rash behavior are antonyms. Yeah. I learned the word antonym since you left. That's a good one. <laughs> I, it's good. I work yeah. into conversation often now. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's how you get it to stick in your memory. So. Yes. But sometimes... Sometimes you are burdened with a great evil that must be undone. And the most prudent thing to do is nothing. Sometimes you arrive and you find that others are working. Others are moving towards a goal that is far beyond what you ever dreamed. This is not a hypothetical, is it? And so you convince them to help you and pretend to be their employer. And, uh, <laughs> and you don't get paid. And you punch a lot of really cool shadow things. And you find the, <laughs> the evil darkness that's trying to enslave all of the people. And you find out that maybe your rush for justice was angry revenge. And yet, in such a situation, hypothetically speaking... Hypothetically speaking, of course. (laughs) An injustice remains. No? Attempting to balance an injustice with a better justice, that does not make sense. The scales are are eternal. They date back before the Sunset House, before the first era of this world. The eternal scales have always existed, yes. But perfect balance is impossible in an ever-changing world. It's a goal of futility that will never be completely realized. This is where you and I have always differed in our study of the Book of Diverging Paths. Balance is not about finding a path that is straight. Balance is about taking the forks in the path that make sure that overall your course is straight. You put too much pressure on yourself to try and do the right thing every time you do the thing instead of doing the less wrong thing. Sometimes there is only the option of doing a less bad. And so you choose to do the thing that is better, may not be good, but is better. It puts the course towards and you trust the river to diverge again. Yeah, maybe. And sometimes you just run out of drugs and you need to go back inside and get something to eat. Oh, I feel that in my bones right now. But but all that to say, yes, there is an army at our doorstep. At your doorstep. A, a real army. A real army. With many of your kind. There have been a lot of 
deception. Why is it always the tieflings? Why is it always the bad guys? I don't know. We can be cool, you know? We can sculpt things Have and we can do cool spells are. and we can pretend to do cool spells. She pulls out the little tinderbox and snaps mm-hmm. her fingers and a little flame mm-hmm. pops up. I mean, they're, they're, it's just a little tinderbox, but it's cool. It's Seems cool a bit spell. of an injustice, doesn't it? Yes, it is a bit of an... I see what you did there. <laughs> you, I, will, I, mm, I will meditate. I will consider. Oh, I know you'll meditate. But if I claim injustice, then like, what is everybody else going to do? Just sit here and die? Like, when injustice is claimed, then, then I have to go fight the oh, army you alone. Think, you're thinking about it too hard. <sighs> thinking about it too hard. Thinking is what we do. Yeah, but you do it too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Got you with that one. <laughs> what, what would you have me do? I don't know. I don't know. Neither do I. Somewhere behind, uh, like the wall, like in the amphitheater, you hear Bruiser's voice kind of echoing out, calling for you. Oh, Radford, I finally found you. Oh, Drad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like our sounds like your companions are calling. Yes. You're an employee. You better go to work. <laughs> ah. Sounds like destiny is calling. Oh, why'd you make it all existential? Because man? I'm cool. Like, <laughs> I don't think, but you can't. It can't. Everything can't be existential. You know what? It's all about the vibe, it's, and you, sometimes you just gotta maintain the proper one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whatever you say. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's you can, go. S- you can put vibe in your dictionary. Let's go see what the sh- let's go bit. see what the short guy. Oh wants. yeah, we're gonna let's go it. see. Okay, mm-hmm. let's do that. You and me, Mark. Uh, Bruiser, you enter the. You're kind of standing on stage. The amphitheater yeah. is empty, and at the top of the bleachers, you see a set of horns first, because they both both of these yeah. creatures' horns kind of poke up above their heads. Uh, and you're like, "Oh, it's Radford!" And then a tiefling climbs over oh, the wall. Okay. Um, she's uh, she's got kind of like a a leather toga on almost, and then over that is like some cold wrappings. Yeah. Um, see, if your horns come off the back, you get more stealthy, and they don't poke up first <laughs> when you get around the edge. It's totally superior. <laughs> Radford <laughs> climbs up behind her saying yeah. that and she just looks over at him and kind of squints her eyes in disgust and like mm-hmm. whatever and she walks out of the room she walks past you and goes hey short stuff and then she leaves um, and then Bradford is left in the room with what's you. going on short stuff was, <laughs> was, was I interrupting I'm sorry yeah it's alright though we were done okay um, so I have a list of you check it twice yeah nice of <laughs> parts that we need for the oh, airship and so I was just trying to talk to you to see who I could talk to about helping in that endeavor. Oh, hmm. Be like, which people? Not would me, be? but yeah, okay. Because you'll have your you have mm-hmm. your own task, like people here mm-hmm. that would be able to help. DM, do I know anybody mechanically inclined or supply inclined? This is like a guild of philosophers, yeah. man. This is we not have like, like a stone garden, like, and a nice sculpture garden, yeah, and like you. I mean, that's Let not me look to at say, that paper. What that, we got there? Like, there are probably willing people who are good at manual labor yeah. here, right? It's a self-sustaining guild that are like harvests their potatoes? own food and stuff like that. These are the systems we need. We are. Uh... You gotta break this down for me, dog. <laughs> what is steering? Hold on. Steering. Hold on. <laughs> it's in common. I was gonna say, did you write this in common? Yeah, he did. What is? So, come on, man. <laughs> help me out here. <laughs> help me help you. Oh, uh, sorry, I forgot. You don't know. You can't read common, right? Yeah, you can't. Choose not to. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. All right. Um, so Alan is in charge of the life support 
and life support system uh-huh. and like pressurization and all that stuff. What's what's that? Uh, keeping keeping the passengers alive at high altitude, like by punching things away, like or like social pressure, like no, stay on the ship, stay on the ship, stay on the ship. So I I don't, I don't know the exact uh keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times. Like, he was explaining to me mind the sky, that as you mind high, the sky, <laughs> the the air gets worse. Oh, like it smells. I guess I don't know. Huh. Um. You realize air. how little help I'm going to be with this. Mind but the I'm just smelly air. Um, are there anyone? Is there anyone who knows like carpentry here? That's what we really need. Is oh, someone, carpentry. Well, someone who's good with woodworking. I mean, the mountain's good with ice working. Yeah. But that's not going to last long if you make a ship out of ice. No, it won't. Ice is um, basically wood. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> The Red, drunken fox staggers in. DM, what I know anybody like? I look through yeah, my I contacts mean, they, and I like don't know if I would know. The mountain not, would probably be like the like working chisels and yeah, stuff like that. Or the, I mean, the the guild, like I said, is self sustaining. So they harvest wood from yeah. the dark wood, bring it up the mountain, and use it for stuff. The guild hall is partially wooden, you know, like okay. the floors and stuff. Yeah. So like people here perfect. could help. Yep. Yeah. Pee-wee Picklebottom. Pee-wee Picklebottom. Yep, yep. Okay. Good old Pee-wee. He's the, uh, he's the head carpenter. Okay. Yep. That's who you want to talk to. Okay. And um, does the mountain just do ice sculptures? Primarily. Okay. He might not have uh, a, big, a big backlog right now, so he might have some free time. Okay. But uh, it's a little hard to talk to. It's not a super huge vocabulary. But if you like, if you showed him... Like what it is, like if you made a small version of what you wanted, it could probably help you make a big version. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Okay. Cool. Thank you, Radford. Yes. DM, there is no one named Pee Wee Picklebottom. <laughs> there is now. Oh, no. Okay. You're yeah, making them up. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Okay. I'm to go around just asking for Pee Wee Picklebottom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, roll deception okay. against insight. There you okay. go. If he wasn't a rogue, I wouldn't have given it to him. Ah, there you but go. like networking is his thing. Yeah. Like an inquisitive rogue, mind you. Yeah. Do I That's give you an my inquisitive result? Inquisitive name. Yeah. Uh, oh, I see. Um, don't don't tell us your result. Okay. Um, Are we just going head to head? Yeah. So I'm saying I want to know what yeah. he rolled. Go ahead. I don't want to know what you rolled. Okay. Okay. I got a twenty-one. He okay. knows. Okay. He knows. He okay. knows. Okay. Then you can tell him. Yeah. Yeah, there's no there's no there's, there's no, no uh-huh. Radford, be serious, please. I'm always serious. I know. It's in the tone of my voice. <laughs> I know there's no one named Pee Wee Picklebottom. Wow, aren't you an expert? Yeah, go talk to the mountain. Make a small one and he can make you a big one. Okay. Okay. Is there anyone else? No. <laughs> <laughs> who was who is your friend here? Uh I don't I don't I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know? Yeah, that means so so the position's probably changed. You know, I've been away for like I don't know, like five, ten years, something like that. It's been a while. It's been a while. They they shifted out. Nobody wants to be working with wood all the time. It's boring. <laughs> you want to be like the wood guy. Everybody make fun of you. <laughs> you gotta like rotate into cook and librarian and potato farmer. Yeah. Yeah. Potato farmer, that's a highly respected position. Here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or the potato fields. Uh, underground. Underground? Yeah, you don't say pl- plant potatoes above ground. Spud Razor. It's Spud Razor. <laughs> what is that? That sounds amazing. Raise spuds. Oh, 
<laughs> I was thinking like blades, like a spud razor. Well, is that like a potato peeler? Is that what is that? that we had a die to the tension pool for the past <laughs> time. Do you do you know the name of the um the winged badger I we would, saw earlier? Uh no, he's a new guy. I don't know him. Okay. He's nice though. I'm gonna go He recognized me though, so he probably Oh no, maybe I've forgotten some people. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. It's been a bit, I guess. Maybe it's been longer than a bit. Hmm. Do I know the Wing Badger's name? No, you don't know the Wing Badger's name. Pee Wee Picklebottom. You know that he's not. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, thank you, Radford. <laughs> Glad I was so much of a help. <laughs> I wish I could have been more of a help. Um, I'm going to go to the tower where we first saw him to see if he was there. Sure. You head back over to the tower. He is there. He's on his uh, kind of lookout detail. Um, and as you get to the tower, it is like night in full at this point, you know, probably nine or 10. Um, the, the sun has gone down over the horizon and the fog that surrounds you rather than being sort of a glowing ethereal gray is now just more darkness. It's, it's not quite to the point where you can't see your hand or in your case, claw in front of your face, but it's pretty dark out here. Um, as you, as you head over (laughs) to meet the winged badger, whose name is not Pee Wee Picklebottom. Yes, I figured, um, so I would like to probably just fly up to the top. Sure, you fly up to the top of the tower uh, and and greet him there. He looks over and says, Hello, I was hoping I'd see you again. Yeah, I certain I haven't come across too many of, of our kind, and um, I wanted to, to talk to you and use this opportunity. Is now a good time? I know you might be working. So Now's maybe. a great time. I'm just looking out for any dangers that might approach the guild hall, and I'm the only person on lookout duty. I would be happy to sit down and communicate with you. He sits down and folds his wings in. Okay. Nothing comes up here anyway. The mountain is dangerous and cold. Uh, that it is. All right. Um, I guess, like, what is your name? My name is, uh, is Ferdinand. Oh, hello, Ferdinand. Uh, my name is... My name is B. B? B Street. B Street. Okay. That's my name. Stands for bottom pickle. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an inverse of pickle bottom. I, so I would like to. Where's, where's my cannon card? I would like to make it cannon that Fox is just like wandering the streets and the alleyways and just like. Slosh. Hey, yo. (laughs) And just like repeating what people say around him, but like backwards and with missing words. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Please, can we please make that cannon? Sure. Fox is, Fox is still trying to go to bed. He's just struggling, wandering around. Where is here. the bed? If I you're okay with that, this is your character. Way. You go with that? I okay. have the yeah. guest house over here somewhere. <laughs> My name is B Street. B Street. Yes. It's short for Bradford. Okay. Yes. Very, very nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you, too. Um, I guess, like, do, do you remember how you... Got away from our homeland, or I didn't get away from anywhere. I was born near here. Oh, I was born in one of the other mountains of this range. Obviously, not this one. The conditions would certainly not support our kind's life here. No, uh, and he, you know, gestures to the like big thick yeah. coat he's got to wear to like even be out here in the in the cold. Uh, but I was born in one of the neighboring mountains, and uh, a yeti claimed my family, and a oh, member no. of the guild uh, found me and took me in. Uh, and I've been raised here ever since. 
I'm actually shocked that Radford didn't remember me since this backstory I've just told you implies that I've been here at least as long as he was here. Uh, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I don't know. Radford is definitely an interesting character. He's a great guy. I mean, I, I love him. I knew him pretty well. I mean, we were... <laughs> you know, we would, like, we would play pickleball together and stuff, oh. you know? So, uh, you know, in the ice gardens, that's where... Rad- Radford hasn't said much pickleball. about his uh, his upbringing. Well, he left here on not the greatest terms with uh, the Solis, the council that that kind of leads the guild. So I could understand him wanting to not really dive into to all that. Is it something you could share? Or no, I don't really know all the details. No. I just know that when he he left on a pilgrimage, so I assumed he had claimed an injustice. Uh, they they prepared the foundation of an ice sculpture for him. You know, anytime someone uh, writes an injustice in the world their work is commemorated with a sculpture in our ice garden and the, the pedestal was created and it was ready. And then, you know, about a year later, uh, instead of going out to complete the, the sculpture, as I would have assumed, one of our soul went out and uh, destroyed it with a, a hammer. So I assumed at that point that some kind of, uh, you know, severing of ties had taken place. And I'd never, I've, even since I've never seen another pedestal destroyed in that way. So whatever it was, the event was unique. Yeah. That's wow. That is wow. <laughs> I guess you haven't claimed an injustice since you're still here. I've claimed one injustice. Oh. I observed a uh, a hunter who was poaching uh, from Thraxenhau's domain. Uh, obviously, Thra- we don't interact with Thraxenhau directly. But we try to avoid the handful of things that upset him. He's a very yeah. simple creature, you know, mentally. So if we can just <laughs> avoid doing those three or four things, then yeah. we usually don't have to interact with him and he doesn't eat any of us. Yeah. And so I caught someone poaching some of the prey that he preferred and I was able to prevent the injustice from taking place any further and thus save many lives at I, our guild hall. That's good. Um, what, I guess, what are the things that Thrax and how... Uh or like what what things do you try and avoid? So uh we uh definitely don't poach any of the uh the the few living things that live in his forest, you know. Yeah. Um there are some predators in that forest and if we defend ourselves from those, he doesn't seem to mind, but if we were to, you know, poach what he would consider like good free easy meals, he yeah. would he would be upset about that. Of course. Uh we do not uh ascend to the summit of the mountain. Uh he doesn't like anyone approaching his lair, not that any of us know where the entrance to it is, but he seems very touchy about protecting that location and making sure no one comes in. Okay. Uh we do not um <laughs> we we don't speak about Thraxenhau Club. You know, if we leave, <laughs> we don't tell people where we're from and give yeah. them the opportunity to follow us and find their way up the mountain. You know, the hazards here are a protection of sorts for Thraxenhau, and so we don't give away those secrets. Um, and lastly, we don't uh, we we allow no happenings to take place in Thraxenhau's domain. He likes very laid back environment, uh, and he is very displeased when there are what he describes as happenings. Uh, in his in his domain, the frozen fan. Any loud noises, essentially. I I honestly couldn't unpack it any further than that. Okay. There haven't been any happenings to prevent, so okay. that's just something that we've been told. Like yeah, he doesn't like it when there's happenings, yeah. but we don't really know what that means. Uh, I think an army outside at the base of the mountain is probably gonna start a happening. Yes, now that you mention it, I suspect that will probably be an issue for him. So uh what about what about you? Uh yeah. how did you know how do you come to be here? Yeah, um childhood was quite traumatic to say the least. Um where um because of our unique uh 
I guess being, you know, being not not from around here, uh, we're a hot commodity to uh, traders and traffickers, and put on display for for public as like a side freak show sort of thing. And so I broke out of that life, and I've been sort of adventuring, wandering trying to to find my place in the world and seeking a path yes and i found my place in in gaim i have a, a shop where i hunt things down lost things for people um i've also become quite skilled at uh piloting driving um various machines so perhaps if we evacuate on the 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 large airboat uh you will be the one steering yes um but first, we ha- we have to repair it, and uh, it is in much worse shape than I was hoping. Well, crashing into a mountain, I suppose, would do that yeah. to a craft. Yeah. Um, do you think you'll be able to, to do it, though? You think you'll be able to repair the ship? I think so, if I can find some help. What do kind you- of help do you need? Um, so, these are a list of... Can you read common? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are fluent in many languages here. Common is one among them. Here's the list of like everything we need. Um, I am tasked with the steering and propulsion systems, but we also need a carpenter to fix the hull, and neither Alan or I are particularly gifted in woodworking. Well, if it's carpentry you need, and he unslings the <laughs> large like lumberjack axe that he's been carrying since you uh... met him, he, like takes that out, swings it, and you know stabs it into the ground at his at his feet, and says, "Look, I can do lud- I can do lumber. I can do there woodworking." Perfect. That is exactly what we need. That sounds phenomenal. Just tell me what you need, and I would be happy to help. Yeah. Um. I think I'll have to tomorrow, first thing in the morning. Meet. Well, it. yes. Obviously, I yeah. can't help you while I'm on lookout yeah. duty. I need to keep my eyes and ears peeled at yes. all times and be very alert for yeah, threats. Of course. Yes. Um. Just meet at the airship and we can get everything started. Terrific. That sounds great. I'll, I'll go tomorrow morning right after breakfast. I'll head to the airship. Perfect. Is there anyone else you know that would be able to lend a hand? There are a few others of us who are who do you know handle the carpentry and the woodworking repairs here at the guild. I'll make sure to pass the message along. Perfect. Thank you so much. Of course. Have a, have a great night. Good luck with your watch. Thank you. And if you feel the need for company, come seek me out. Sounds great. Have a pleasant evening. Um, and then Bruiser will turn in for the night. Okay. Uh, I love that the one person Radford couldn't remember is the one person that we needed help from. <laughs> <laughs> and that his name was Bradford. Yeah. <laughs> Bradford Street. Too many Apple Cats, man. Don't, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> don't mess with drugs. Yeah. Apple Cats also named after a chatter. Yep. Um, <laughs> okay, so... Bruiser has headed back to the room. Fox eventually finds his way there. Fox <laughs> still gets his long rest. Oh, Did yes. Did Bruiser help Fox? Did we make the pillow fort in the library? What's the role for pillow fort, do you guys think? Dexterity? Sleight of hand. Sleight of hand. Okay, yeah. Roll, roll sleight of hand uh, at disadvantage because you are heavily intoxicated. Oh, no. And I will roll sleight of hand at disadvantage <laughs> for the librarian helping you. Wow. <laughs> Uh, sleight of hand, though, right? Yeah, sleight of hand at disadvantage. 16. Really? At disadvantage? Yes. What's crazy is this librarian got a 14 on the die. He also has a 16 to his sleight of hand at disadvantage. I got a 3 on the die. 
<laughs> rogues, man. Yeah. Uh, so yes, you have built a fantastic pillow fort, uh, with the minor exception that when you ran out of pillows, you just filled in the gaps with books. So like a bunch <laughs> of the library books are also out and like stacked into your pillow fort in whatever way. Describe to us the majesty of All the right. pillow fort. So you've what you built. need to understand, right? is that we basically started by taking over an alley, like a, a hallway between the bookcases, right? Yeah. Uh, and we, we started building, like, the pillows up. We brought some sheets. We used books to hold the sheets down. And then we are like, what if we just expanded it? So, like, halfway down, we pushed the book, middle bookcases further out and angled them. And then we started using the actual bookcases as a part of our fort. And we put, like, little pillow barricades and then we started doing checkpoints. And so when people walked past the library, we'd be like, you got you to gotta go through our checkpoint <laughs> and you got to get you uh, pay. Uh, we got to check who you are. And and then we would be like, ah, gosh, yeah, you can go through the bill of fort. And they're like, I, I just got to go down. I, I don't even have to go through here. And like, oh, the bill of fort is awesome. <laughs> And, and it's just this overly expansive just sheet network of of books holding down sheets, bookcases misaligned and pushed to the side to make little hallways. One guy turns around and leaves and he's like, screw it. I didn't even want to learn common. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it's all it, only like four feet high. Okay. So you have to crawl unless you happen to be four feet higher, shorter. Nice. So I love it. Uh, okay, so yeah, Fox has done that and then <laughs> goes home and, and turns in for the night. I like that you guys built little pillow forts out of mm-hmm. D6. Yeah. There. That's fun. Um, okay, is everyone's in bed now, right? Well, Alan was going to consult with the rod before he went That's to bed. right. So he uh, was. Jeb is going to do a thing before Sleepy Sleeps too. Okay. Uh, who would like to go first? I guess we're in the same room. Probably. I don't care who goes first. Alan All went right. and looked at the airship first. Jeb yeah. went straight to bed. Let's start with Jeb. Cool. There we uh, go. Jeb is going to try to attune to the Rod of Luck. He's going to try to attune to the Rod of Luck. As Jeb holds the the mithril arrowhead in his hand, he suddenly feels just an overwhelming urge. Not so much that it's a compulsion, Mm -hmm. but just the overwhelming desire. It's like, I want to roll dice. Yep. His old old, uh, gambling flame. Yeah. 2d6, is that what it was? Uh, Yes, roll 2d6. Probably (sighs) looking for snake eyes here. Probably, hopefully, just dupes. Come on. We believe I, in you. And Jeb's just kind of like sitting in the corner and like Gunner's kind of like snoozing away. And so I, f- I feel like there's just like snoring in the background. Uh, chat declares Cleo the designated roller. Ooh. For the next 10 minutes, Cleo is the designated roller for all player-related roles. Let me set a... Let me, <laughs> what? I wonder who could do that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Grubbug is in the room on our couch <laughs> laughing it up right now. Uh, Cleo is now going to roll on <laughs> Jeb's behalf. He's just, Jeb's just thinking to himself. He's just like, I'm just, I just need this. I'm, I'm so useless. <laughs> I'm just, um, somebody out there, guide my hand. Please don't make me worse than I am right now. <laughs> you should blow on the dice. The whisper from the wind succumbs. It's bad breath, but we'll see. What is it? What is it? 
It's a one and a six. A one and a six. Jeb, you feel an overwhelming sense of like cold and then warm, and then the sensation goes away and you find yourself blinded for an hour. You have not successfully attuned to the rod of luck. Can you? Okay. No, he can't try again. <laughs> he's blind. He, he, he takes the dice and he's just like, again. But nothing, nothing happens. Yeah, you don't even feel the urge again. to roll dice anymore. Yeah, but he like does though. Yeah, <laughs> compulsion. Al, Alan gets back and Jeb is just sitting there, eyes closed, looking kind of vaguely off into space, rolling dice. I I can't tell if this is just your thousand yard stare again or whether you're blinded by that rod again. I'm. Don't, don't worry about it. I'm just looking out the window. And he's like staring at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I know which one. It's, it's going to be fine. Uh, I'm just practicing. It's all right. G- good luck. What was that? <laughs> that was a six. And well, a, uh, do you want total or or just like <laughs> each? Uh, a three and a four. Okay. I'll, okay. I'm. I'll just. I'll get there. You just want me to keep telling uh, you? No. Okay. No. I feel like that's a good one, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's two fours, but I don't know. If that How happens. did you know that? Because I, I opened well. I, just, <laughs> I can feel it with my claws. Oh, yes, I that, opened yeah, my third makes, eye. Yeah. <laughs> and in that moment, Jeb's third eye awakens. No. <laughs> well, uh, Alan will... I'd ask you what you're doing, but I can't see anything. I'm going to attempt to consult with the Rod of Intelligence, which mm. you may have some experience with, yeah, actually. I missed that. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if we, we've talked about this yet. I apologize if this if it felt any sort of disrespect or anything like no, that. No, no. I, mean, I, I told to you it. to do it. I told you to do it. It was, it was part of the plan. I'm just a whiny baby, and I want my rod <laughs> back. Well, I... I but it's not much. mine. It's well, not, it's far be it for me to claim the the rod that has lasted through seventy two different ages that have died in destruction and whatnot. And that that is fair. like, hey, this is mine. Well, it it's not necessarily that. It is normal to feel some sort of attachment to it. I very much hope that we are all able to utilize the different pieces of the rod hey, in advantageous ways. You know, speaking of which, we've been up this stupid cold mountain with its stupid cold and its <laughs> stupid stupidness. <laughs> um, we've got like all of the rods. Yeah. Well, we, us and our allies do. Yes. Yeah. Well, great. I guess, yeah, the King of Udril, but still like, like on our, we should do something like just like clanking around in, in Fox's backpack. That is, that, that is correct. I believe that it would we be should, like, do something for, with that. Yes. To, uh, to figure out what pieces of the rod would be, good for all of us to have i i don't know if all of us spending time to attune at the same time in this at this place with such limited time is the net best usage of that but after we find i mean it might be you know what would be cool if we just like started clicking them together we should just like (laughs) like, go up on like the watchtower and just like snap 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 just see what happens uh we've tried something similar to that before i don't remember if you were there for that or not um it did not go very well what i don't i don't know if i remember that did we it was a neutral. It was a neutral. What? Fox says as he staggers drunkenly <laughs> in from his pillow fort. Sorry, I, I was I mean, I remember talking pillows. to the king of Udril saying, you know, talking about it, and he said that it nearly killed him. And I was like, yeah. cool, we'll have to do that. Well, I don't I guess, remember us actually doing it, though. I guess what I'm trying to say is that 
I think that, yes, that is a great idea. I don't know if now when we're under such a time crunch of oh. an army coming here. So maybe we go into the middle of the army and snap, snap, snap. And if it kills us, it kills everybody else there, too. No, I don't know if that accomplishes our goal exactly. I feel like I'm not thinking straight I believe right that now. Gunner would appreciate that idea. Well, <laughs> but Gunner is a man after my own heart. Uh, he, is, he is quite unique. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, at this juncture, I think that after we find K, or at least after we escape this specific conundrum would be the best time for the rest mm. of the riding the to fifth die to the ten people <gasps> okay gasp i mean i respect your wisdom you you've always been a straight shooter alan and uh i appreciate that so yeah. are you well <laughs> a straight taking, shooter of dice you could say well not yet not so far well you will be well, I, I know that's that why i'm practicing I, good I luck on the intelligence that. round thank you thank you tell the much. tell the old kings i said hi maybe you know they'll remember I, me i will and then Alan will sit at his bed and take out the rod and get, get try to gain some counsel. Uh, as Alan holds on to the rod and kind of focuses on the power within, um, you, you, you feel first, like you feel the sensation of sitting on the ground um, or wherever you're sitting. He's sitting seated. at the edge of his bed. Yeah, so you feel the sensation of sitting on the edge of your bed, but the rest of your senses kind of vanish from this world and you find yourself in a different world uh, where the the fog rolls out and away from you, uh, a sort of white mist. And as it spreads out, it it forms into a council chamber. And you've you've been here once before, so you kind of recognize yeah. it. It's almost like a, a war planning room where, yeah. you know, there's like the big table in the front with the little minis on it. Um, and they're, yeah, just like this. Uh, <laughs> and there's there's one person standing opposite you at the table who's looking at it with you. Um, just as you wanted to discuss the airship, the wreckage of the airship is what sits on the table oh, now, and the figure across from you is flickering constantly. It's yeah. like images overlaid on top of each other. So in one moment it's a young bard, and the next moment it's an elderly tiefling, and it just you know it's just constantly changing from one to the next. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you find yourself there. The person looks towards you. Hello again. Hello. My question or my query this time is: uh, What is the most efficient way? to repair this airship and uh, and verify that it has enough payload to evacuate the people that need to be evacuated from this mountain. Repeat your question again because it has a couple pieces. I want to make sure I answer every piece what of your What is the question. most efficient way to repair this airship and verify that it has enough weight capacity to evacuate all of the people that need to be evacuated from this mountain. Okay. So you want efficient repair and you want to verify the weight capacity before your evacuation. Correct. If there's if there's time. Okay. <laughs> Does Jeb hear him say this? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> and also a previous uh, a tuner of this rod, Jebediah Peppermint, says hello. Who? Oh. <laughs> that makes me somewhat sad. Jebediah Peppermint, do you remember him? No. Oh. That is that is sad. the figure fades as your question is answered. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the the flickering figure is uh, is replaced with a a, a burly dwarf, uh, kind of a, a rotund pot belly sticking out, and he's got a monocle in one hand and an, uh, a big hammer over his shoulder, and he goes, "Well, the thing about airships, you got to remember, okay, is airships only fly if you can keep them buoyant. So it's all about managing the amount of weight that's coming onto the airship and what goes into the air. So the lighter the materials you make it from, the mm. better. Now it looks to me like this airship." was originally 
crafted from a very lightweight wood that was uh, it was actually crafted by the gods during like the the world building stage of this adventure where it's oh. it's naturally buoyant. So what's happened so this here? This is a very ancient ship. Yeah. So what's happened here is this wood should be able to float on its own. The problem, and he flickers out, and he's replaced by a sorcerer, a dragonborn sorcerer, who's looking down at it. They're kind of bent over, squinting, and they go, "It looks like the problem is that it seems like in the air pockets in the wood, it seems like some of the air has kind of frozen as it entered this this cold domain, and so oh. it's creating additional weight as as it freezes into ice. And so you would need to find a way to thaw the airship. And in mm. fact, if you could thaw it, and they flicker and they're replaced by a bard who says, "If you could thaw this beauty, it should be a ship worthy of song in no time. After all, most of the structure is still there. It's just been ripped in half right down the middle." And so if you spent the bulk of your structural time just writing those two pieces and kind of gluing them back together again somehow, you'd be able to find this ship soaring like a melody. And then they vanish and they're replaced by a king who's sitting there with a scepter in hand. And he looks down at it and he goes, of course, you have the weight of responsibility for others. You wish to carry many beings with you on the airship. And in order to do that, simply gluing it back together means forsaking the sections of the ship that were broken, the actual cracked pieces of wood, mm. which means that the ship's capacity will decrease. You may find your ship overloaded. Now remember, an overloaded ship can, of course, still float, still sail, but you'll find it very difficult to handle. It may not turn properly. It may not... Uh, it may list a bit as it moves, and so weight dis dispersion is going to be very important Wood. for you. They vanish, and a, an old sea captain uh, sits there and goes, Now, nah, what you got to remember about sailing? When it comes to sailing things, you're going to need to make sure that you've got some way to get the ship moving, right? Because you can't trust the ocean, you can't trust the sky. So I always recommend avoiding sails. Even though sailcloth is cheap and it's quick to put up, I find that having some kind of oars or some kind of, in your case, probably a fan of some sort or maybe even some kind of more active, more volatile thruster, you know, if you could almost turn a cannon around backwards and make it constant or something like that, that's going to help you get a little bit more distance and a little bit more speed because otherwise i mean she'll just be up there she'll be floating but like you know a storm rolls along what are you gonna do you can't get out of the way would, would that aid also in the um weight capacity department having a high powered thruster like that well it certainly would help counteract some of the gravity of the world okay. you know because you'd be able to lift the ship up and in fact for like the maximum effect what you'd really want to do is you'd want a thruster that was mounted at this sort of 45 degree angle right because the wood's naturally buoyant but this way you're adding some upwards lift and some sideways force so it'd be a little slower but you'd also wind up having a ship that you could put more weight on it so having that 45 degrees would really come in handy for you and then the the um the kind of sailor disappears and he's replaced by a very very young child who's got a toy airship in their hand and they go it should look like this one i think i think this one's always my favorite to fly and they toss it in the air and like a little paper airplane it kind of flies over to you and alan catches it and you're able to kind of abstract from that what the design okay. of the rudder system should be the way that this ship was able to steer itself it has um, a series of uh, it has two small wings that come out the side with flaps just like an airplane and then it has a large rudder at the back that you can use to steer in denser skies um, and the uh, and then that child disappears the model poofs out of your hand and you're looking across at a queen uh, and she looks down and she says it won't be very comfortable for people if you forsake the sort of life support systems I think it would be important to have a pressurized hull 
and that's going to take a little while to develop. But luckily, we've done something similar as my as my uh, queendom delved into the Underdark. We had to create some pressurized mining equipment. And so here's a blueprint for the way that we did that. And she unrolls on the table this large blueprint, and Alan's able to get a design. What I'm doing here is shaving all your build times down to the shortest, so two days for oh, each perfect. system. You don't need to worry about rolling for duration of time. Okay. Um, Alan's also, she also when he says, wakes up, he's going to take notes on all yeah. this, too. She also says, and I would not bother with the, the conveniences. This is not a luxury cruise. These are refugees you're trying to save, and they will be thankful just to be on board. And if not, they don't need to be on board. <laughs> uh, and then she disappears, and standing in front of you is a storm giant. He goes, now, I know about tall things. I know about being up high. And when you are up very high, it's so difficult to look towards the sun. There are no clouds in your way. And so I highly suggest that you create a sort of cockpit for yourself, a place where you can look through what we call polarized glass. <laughs> it's like you're in polar ice glass. That's how you could make it. You could take these two, and he shows you how polarization works. You okay. know, if you made these two lenses of ice and you turned them, then you could cut through some of the glare. And as long as you could keep it cold, which at high altitude, as long as you never land, it's going to be freezing at high altitude. You shouldn't have any trouble with the melting. Uh, and then it kind of disappears and settles. And in front of you is just the little kid's model of the airship. It's replaced the wreckage. And it's sitting on top of a scale. And mm. you see a, a gnome who's walking around it with a pencil behind one ear and a ruby hopping up and down in the other hand, and you realize the similarity. It's not Elaine Mollusk, but it looks so like Elaine Mollusk. Um, and you oh. get the sense that there's some kind of connection between this being from a past era and Elaine Mollusk. As she walks around, tossing the ruby up and down, pencil behind her ear, her kind of coveralls on, you know, from her workshop, she finally holds the ruby up next to the ship and kind of sizes it up, and she goes, yeah, as far as estimating weight capacity for a craft like this, I would probably use these equations. And she tosses the ruby into your hand, and as you look into the ruby, the, the equations inscribe themselves within the gem. She says, I would use these equations, and then I would abstract them in this way, and she kind of guides you through the math of the process. She says, I think that'll just about do it. And as you blink, the vision is gone. You're back in the real world, and that ruby with the equations is still in your hand, oh. although now it is a stone of no significant value. It's not a ruby okay. anymore, but the equations are still inscribed on it. Already, and uh, Alan will immediately take note of all the things that he saw in the vision. And um, after he takes note, he will check on Jeb. Jeb, are you are you still doing okay? Uh, I'm just rolling my dice. Uh, I mean, that's probably a good one. That was uh, yeah, that was not bad. Yep. Oh, good that one. was two sixes. Quite oh, quite nice. Well, um, I don't know if that's good though. But we'll, I don't. We'll I don't know either. That. Well. Either way, um, I'm going to turn in, and I recommend you do the same, and we will check you back in tomorrow. Okie dokie. You get any uh, good word from uh, old buddy, old pal? Yes, very. I am much more confident in this process. Good. Good. I'm happy for it. I am, I am excited to uh, begin tomorrow. Well, in that case, good night. Good night, Alan. And as you all turn in for uh, some nice rest, some nice sleep, I add the sixth die to the tension pool and clear that pool. Ooh. No. He's rolling. Here, I'll give you a little ASMR roll up here, chat. I'll give you oh, there we go. There we go. 
That's the stuff. I dropped one. That's what <laughs> dreams are made of. Here's another Aren't one. Are you supposed to drop all of them? No, I'm supposed <laughs> Well, I mean, technically, yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, we have rolled two complications. Oh, no. Uh, the first complication, in the night, uh, as Jebediah is resting, uh, Jeb, you have a nightmare oh, no. uh, yeah. about your time in the city of Stainless under the mental enslavement of the Aboleths, just having it brought back to you in this past day. It was just too real. And Jeb has a nightmare. He wakes up halfway through the night um, and, you know, soaked in sweat, staring at the ceiling, uh, just trying to figure himself out. Um, You get the benefits of a short rest and you, uh, or you get the benefits of a long rest, but you don't clear any fatigue from, (laughs) from the night as you go through it with the, with the nightmare that you're, that you're dealing with. Um, The second complication that happens is that in the morning, when everyone wakes up, uh, it will become apparent that those of you with uh, steel or metal weapons forgot to treat them appropriately to winterize them, and they have become brittle in the cold. They will work for one attack um, and then suffer damage. If you have a magical weapon, it is excluded from this 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 thing because the magical property would protect it from that. Uh, you've got a hand up, Cleo, yes. Does my leg count? No, your leg is fine. Okay. That was built by Elaine Mollusk. It would have been like all weather winterized for you. Elaine Mollusk chat is an artificer who we we met way in the past. All terrain. Yeah, all terrain leg. That's yeah. what you, that's what you've got. An ATL, if you will. Yeah. Uh, an all terrain leg. Uh, and this will reset the tension pull down to zero. Uh, okay. So that is uh, our first our first day. Dawn of the dawn of the fifth day. Uh, yes, you have a hand up. Would you have the details of the dream that Jeb had? Uh, sure. Do you want to you want to dive into the details of the nightmare? Yeah. Okay. Um, so <laughs> spooky. Let me find some spooky music. Hang on. Ooh. Jeb, uh, it is stormy outside Summit Tower. You are standing on the roof of Summit Tower. You and a number of other people who have been captured and recently enslaved. You're now being taught the skills of the vaults and so you're being given a number of safe zone locations and uh you're being presented with a number of code phrases and things like that ways to identify Mm -hmm. the other members of this sort of uh small guild that you've been brought into um the vaults of course as you're you're being taught the vaults are (laughs) end of that sound i guess here (laughs) i'll just do some wind uh the vaults are the um, they're basically the keepers of the most secret things. They mm-hmm. have a bunch of hidden caches around yeah. the place. They move all their items to keep them so you can't just track them down. And so as you're being taught all of this stuff, every now and then your wizard's mind, it rebels against the thought of being enslaved and tries to free itself. And you are dealt an incredible psychic <coughs> blow by being forced to watch uh, Violet's death happen again, Oof. just over and over again until it kind of breaks you into submission. Um, and then as you, as you hit that breaking point, the Aboleths present to you like, hey, but it's okay. She's here and you can see her. And the false narrative that they're feeding Jeb to keep him working for them and complacent is that as long as he's doing what he's asked to do, like one of his rounds as a member of the vault is a stop by, uh, by Violet, you know, and he like gets to see her and play with her and whatever. Um, and then when he wakes up from the nightmare, he real like the realization comes crashing in that all of that was a false narrative and he was taken in by it for however long he was there. Um, and that is, that's the nightmare yeah. that he has. Okay. So it's the next morning at the sunset house. <laughs> uh, and 
uh, as the as the sun is is dawning in the east, it, it hasn't even become visible to you yet. It's just like you know, it's kind of graying up the sky, and and the the deep blues and blacks of night are giving way to the lighter gray. The fog has cleared a little bit. You've got about 120 feet of visibility for those of you who can see that far, um, and the um, there the smell of uh, bacon and eggs wafts up to you from the downstairs of the guest house. Uh, several members of the guild have prepared breakfast and just left it sitting out for you, and it's sitting over a bed of hot coals. So it's like steaming hot whenever you decide to eat. This is, this is quite pleasant. Yeah, we, we, we did pretty good. This will fix me right up. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's so, exactly what you need. Alan, uh, did you gain any information? Uh, yes, and Alan will show Bruiser his notes that he took based on the wisdom, and he'll kind of summarize as well. Oh. Uh, I believe that it would be prudent to mount the thruster, which I know that you will yeah. be in charge of, at a 45-degree angle to give it some aid with steering as well as lift. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that uh, the carpentry of putting the ship back together should be fairly simple, except with an added step of needing to thaw the wood out by some way. Okay. Um, I found us a carpenter. Oh, perfect. That is... That is extremely fortuitous. I'm excited for that. They're meeting us there after breakfast. Great. Um, excited to to meet them. Um, we also, uh, and Alan will show like his little sketch of um, how the rudders and the wings were um, to Bruiser just to be like, this is how I think that they, we should build these. Okay. Um, Can it be seems, done. It seems important to pressurize the hole, yes. um, which will be one of my tasks. Um, I was trying to explain it to Radford, but I don't know the science. Uh, that that is okay. Um, I'm not sure if <laughs> I could explain that? it to the the, the air being. Oh, the, the, never mind. I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, if you don't want your ears to hurt, we need to do this to the to the hole. That's mm. part of it. Um, mm. That's an oversimplification. But anyways, um, the other thing is that uh, the electrical or automated systems are the lowest priority. We will get to those if we can. However, it is not necessary to make the ship fly. Um, yeah. And finally, um, the uh, for your steering efforts, yeah. Bruiser, um, we will need to construct a sort of uh, a room specifically for you to steer with um, that is protected by this glass that is treated a certain way in order to keep the sun from... Uh, blinding you essentially yeah. and so we will need to construct that that will take some time but it will be most beneficial to guide us yeah. out of here we definitely don't want to be blinded by the sun yes so those are the main things that i gleaned i was gonna say the mountain is really good with working with ice the mountain is oh yes as far as thawing the uh the the wood or in well, it's way? not ice but i was you just said you're going to make a special ice window thing He's good with working with oh, ice. Oh, glass. Glass. Did I say ice? You said glass. Well, it's made of ice. That's what you said, right? Is glass made? I, as far as I know, glass is not made of ice. Didn't you say that this was I, made of ice? They did show him how to make that lens out of ice. Oh, okay. Well, I've read that. Well, then, yes. Then the 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 <laughs> mountain would be perfect for working with that. That is that is excellent. This is an idea. Yes. I'll go back to my eggs. No, so... no, no. I'm sorry. I miss. I misheard. I, I completely apologize That's for okay. confusing. Um. Yes, we will talk to the mountain about that. That sounds perfect. Do well, uh, do I need to do anything? You want to come uh, help us be persuasive to a dragon? As a reminder, you also need mm. to find proof of the army. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, I don't, you know, yeah, let's go, let's go talk to a dragon. Uh, I believe Radford, are you still okay with guiding uh, a party to to <laughs> yeah, find to the the army to show yeah. them the army? Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, in that case, I think we all have our uh, direction, unless I've forgotten anybody. In which case, I apologize. No, no, I think I can probably bring. Hey, mockery! You want to go uh, take a peek at this army down here? Oh, just like old times. I w- Sure. Yes, that sounds fun. <laughs> let, me, let me go and tell somebody that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do in the cellar so that they don't realize for what. Hang on. Okay. And she like heads back into the guild hall. We'll be good. We'll be fine. Perfect. Well, in that case, I, once we are finished eating, we should all go about go about our, our business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, good mockery, luck to everyone. Mockery returns shortly after, um, but she is being followed by another being. Uh, a human dressed in the the slightly different colored robes that denote a member of the Solis, the leading council. Um, and uh, you recognize this as Sulfanaga um, Radford. And Sulfanaga is following Mockery, who looks like a, a little bit like a whipped puppy, like mm-hmm. she's been caught out, you know, misbehaving, um, follows her out. And, and Radford says, stands up and kind of bows. He bows back to you deferentially, but not very low. Mm-hmm. Um, and And he says... So I understand you're leaving again. Will you be returning this time? I will. Apparently there is requirement for proof of the army that we are we know that we have witnessed around the base of the mountain and so to defend the uh the validity of my word I thought it prudent to go and bring evidence myself and bring it back. That would be prudent. After all, it would be shameful for us to rally the group and make a hasty decision here with our guild that affects the future of all of Urida based mm. on merely a suspicion, only to change our minds shortly after. Yes. It would be very terrible also if, uh, if I didn't come back and you were potentially caught unawares. So, I'm doing you a solid. (laughs) The Book of Diverging Paths has many forks. I urge you not to run the risk of taking too many wrong turns. You may go, Mockery. And Mockery, like, very quietly, deferentially, whip puppy, you know, like, bows to the, the Zolis and heads over to join Radford. Doesn't say a word, no cigar, no playful attitude, you know, just walks over and kind of, like, quietly gets and gets over there with you and, like, in your group and kind of stands there. And the Solis bows much more respectfully to Owlin and the rest of the guests and says, I trust that as long as you are here, if you have any needs, you will make them known to us and we will be pleased to take care of you. And then he turns and walks back into the Sunset House. What a rote. <laughs> I decline to comment. No, that. you that's fine. You Mockery just... leans in and goes, Deep Rote. <laughs> well All right. Everybody has his uses and he's 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 good. Everyone has their tasks. Yes. Who would like to go first? I'm indifferent, but if nobody else wants to go, I will obviously pick something. So uh where's this dragon? Well, uh, I don't know. Radford, you said you knew where this was. Yeah, he's like up towards the top. 
Oh, uh, yeah, you know, uh, dragons want to look down on everything. He's probably got a cave in there or something. Uh, Radford's friend, uh, Bradford, told me that no one's supposed to go through the entrance at the top. Oh, cool. <laughs> I just, this is a no no apparently for Thrax and Hell. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He like wants you to go in the back door through the kitchen, wipe your feet, put your boots on the outside first. I'm just telling you what I've been told. Oh, okay. okay. I mean, we've got some experience getting through entrances we're not necessarily supposed to. Also, uh, I'm pretty sure that's like the equivalent of like, we don't like solicitors, but I'm here to make sure your house doesn't we, explode. We are the really important solicitors that, in this case. True. Yeah. And, I don't uh, know if we're soliciting in this case. Well, I, don't... I mean, from from what I've heard from you guys, I mean, we've Thraxen House should know kind of what we're about because of... Sending the avatars there mm. and such. So. You might not know what we look like, though. That is also correct, but... Well, but Garlil's going to be there. Yeah. That's true. And Garlil knows what, what you, you two look yeah. like. So, yeah. I mean, as and long we, as I'm not the first one the that peeks my head in the door, I think yeah. we'll be fine. Yeah. You got the rod of charisma, so I could even, like, message him if he's close enough and say, hey, Garlil, we're here. Oh, oh if yeah! If you got the rod of charisma, then you should be like you're so friendly and 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 welcoming. So I mean, I mean, I'm already am. He already I is. Mean, yeah, he's the best. He's I the mean, friendliest. I mean, yeah. yeah, even when he's not. <laughs> I I I mean, I'm compared to me, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Fox, I love this guy so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for picking him. Up. Yeah, he's a, he was a great yeah, five. Him and Bruiser both diamond and A plus. Yeah, A plus. We make we, we make you, a good team. I'm we sure. Do. I'm sure we'll make a good team here as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I think we just we go for it. It's never been wrong for us before. <laughs> uh, as you as you depart, uh, you hear it's a farewell called down to you from the lookout tower. It's just some generic monk. You know, it's someone else who's on lookout shift just saying goodbye. Bye, generic monk. <laughs> uh, and then you head uh, back to Serpent's Pass. Uh, it's very cold. You are all bundled in your cold weather gear. The uh, the icy wind begins scouring at you again, trying to rip you off the face of the mountain almost malevolently. The blizzard that swirls around the frozen fang, the character of it is different here near the summit. The character it, down further, it's snowy, and it's uh, sort of like a bright, almost like the mist fades into blizzard kind of seamlessly, and so it just makes this wall of, of uh, rough visibility. Up here, it's different. Up here, it's it's more solid. Uh, it's it's filled with little bits of hail that kind of smack into mm. you, and and it just begins. It's almost like it's fighting even harder to get you to not go. I would like all of you to roll a Constitution save versus the weather. Anybody lower than a DC twelve takes a D six of hail damage, which you can roll yourselves. Oof! Ooh. Ouch! Let's see. Let's see how this is. Bone hurting wind. I got exactly a twelve. Uh, attacker wins in a tie. The wind wins. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, what was the damage die again? A D6. Okay. And Wash had a hand up with, I assume, a question. So when we start off, um, I needed to roll a 12, right? Con save? Yeah, 12 con save versus a D6 of damage. Dang, that's not good. Uh, I'll take a D6. Uh, so Jeb um, pops one of his capsules open and starts like pulling some stuff out of his little prepping pouch and uh, draws like takes the butt of his blunderbuss and kind of like draws this big insignia on the ground and um, like a little circle inside of it with like these little horns on the top. Make sure you're in the mic. The little horns on the top and and he goes, "Yeah, 
and he's going to ritual cast uh, Phantom Steed. Okay. And he's going to summon his Rote. Yep. Uh, a Phantasmal Rote. Um, for those of you listening who do know the rules of D&D, the Rote still has the same stats as the Riding Mount. It's just flavor. Um, but the a Phantasmal Rote kind of materializes on the circle, and it gives like a... <laughs> And kind of stomps at the, you know, paws at the at the ground a little bit. It is as wide as the path of Serpent's Climb, so mm-hmm. it needs to be in front, behind, or you need to be riding it. We will be riding it. Um, it's going to last for an hour, and uh, we can, uh, like, he's, he's, he's really fast. Perfect. He's got, a, like, a 100-foot speed. And- yeah. So in the course of that hour, he can easily get you to the top of Serpent's Climb, which is normally around a half-day's journey. It says 10 miles in an hour, so take that. Yeah. As you like, that's for, fine. Your, for your estimations. Um, yeah, so he gets you to the top of the of uh, as high as you want to go. So if you want to go the whole way up to the summit, you can. Um, like I said, you don't know where the entrance is. What are the passive perceptions, or would you like to assign one lookout who may roll an active perception? I can roll perception if you want. Sure. I mean, I'm a bit distracted by all the hail pinging against me. Ping, ping. I have a hard time seeing in the day. <laughs> all right, uh, then here we go. Baby, let me get in the mic for that one. Ugh. Rolled a nineteen on the die plus ten. Nineteen on the Ooh. die plus ten. Uh, so the rotate 42. takes you up to the summit of the mountain, <laughs> and Fox, you uh, you learn a couple things on the way up there. Okay. Uh, the first thing is you see several. So the whole summit of the Frozen Fang is ice. Um, in right. fact, it's ice the whole way through. Like the the substance of the mountain is ice. But right. some of it is opaque with, like, little bits of dirt and gravel and whatever in there, and so you can't quite see through it. But the whole thing is just this icy. You get the impression that several of the ice walls are designed to break in one direction. So some of them break outwards, some of them break inwards, um, but they, they are designed to break in, in so a certain direction. They are intelligently made. Yeah, intelligently made and designed to, again, shatter in a certain direction. There's also, at the very summit of the mountain... Uh, hidden in such a way that all, as long as the sun is up, the glare would cover it from view and make it so you couldn't see it. There is a very, like, it starts as a very shallow slide and then becomes like a huge descent. It's just this big, wide open, I mean, big enough for a dragon, an ancient dragon to move through, just hidden by, like, just the reflection of the sun across the top of the mountain makes it look like it's not there. The idea being that um, even if someone were to stumble across it, unless they found that first little graduated slope, they would fall a very long way and probably die in the fall. Um, if you start on the slope, it's a slide, and you should be able to slide right into the domain or uh, into the DMs uh, <laughs> um, nice. of this dragon. So the so so you find those as the two kind of options for entrances. You also, with your incredibly high perception you can hear the sounds of the army way down past the mountain, like still kind of setting up and you can hear the, every now and then you hear like a big horn go off, um, the the big thundering roll of whatever those massive cast iron cubes were being rolled along on tree trunks. Uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Right so turn. You can't quite hear them yelling right yeah, turn, no, but, but you know, <laughs> little bits and pieces of it, just kind of the distant storm of, of an army moving. That's what you hear in the <laughs> background instead of right turn. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so those are the things you find out. Okay. Um, wow. It's been a while since I opened up my ears this much. Uh, you want me to make them bigger? 
<laughs> no, 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 thank you. Uh, all right, so watch, watch your step here. Okay. All right. Uh, we have. Oh, there's a. We have a slide. Now I don't know how this is gonna go. Well, I can tell you it's about to be a rock slide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I knew I had Thank the right you. team for this. <laughs> uh, also, uh, it sounds like the army's still moving into formation. Ooh. The wind's carrying up the sound, so if you listen just carefully in between the wisps and the hail hitting you on the side of your head, ba-ding, none of the rest of you can hear ba-ding, it. Ba-ding. I mean, I just hear the hail, mostly. Uh, well, it's, it's hidden in between the little gasps of, of wisps of air. Um, anyway, I think uh, we should probably... I don't. I, I don't feel good about this slide. Uh, does anybody else want right. to go first? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, as I said before, I don't know if I should be the first face they see because You're right. they don't know me. But maybe you, Jib, might be, and then and then Fox, and then I <sighs> down the slide. What do we think? I mean, I can go first, but I'm not going first. How much more time do I have on my rotate? Is it already? Uh, it'll expire in like the next three minutes. Okay. You know, it's not long. All right. I'll hop off and pat him on the head and be like, yeah, I guess that's a, yeah. Like, as good a time as any. And I'll pull out Big Boy and just kind of keep him nearby. And I mean, in Fox, you going second is probably the safest place for you to be. Okay. Okay. All right. And then I'll, I'll follow up. Okay, it's fine. It's a slide. It's just like any other slide. It's gonna be okay. Uh, it's gonna be just just like a slide. As right. you're as you're approaching the center of the summit, um, a like absolutely frigid fog just begins to kind of emerge out of nowhere. Uh, it's like a twenty foot sphere. Uh, whoever's in the back, I think that's Bruiser, right? Yeah. Is at the back. Uh, it's Gunner. 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 Shoot, dang it. Uh, Gunner's like, at the back. Always. Gunner, you see, it's a sphere. Um, like it's it's clearly unnatural, um, but this freezing oh. fog kind of swells up around the entrance. And Whoa. Jeb and Ooh. Fox, I would like you to make a DC ten Constitution saving throw. I think this is a this is an intentional countermeasure. They know we're here. Dang it! What did you say? That's ten points of cold damage if you fail your save. I would like to use a chronal shift. Okay. To force Fox to reroll that. Okay. Uh, I, well, I was okay. I rolled exactly the <laughs> same oh, no. thing, Dang but it. but um, my wogish abilities. Your wogish abilities. I take half damage, right? Because do I see it coming? Technically. Uh, yes, so you take half damage on a successful save. Uh, well, so yeah, so yes, for your rogue abilities, you would take half damage on the failed save. Yes, How much or yeah, no I take from this. Ten. Ten. I, I think it's time to get going. They know we're here. It, that that seemed like a, a an intentional countermeasure. I, I agree. This place sucks. All right. Well, <laughs> well we're, we're just waiting on you, Jeb. Whenever you're ready to slide down. All right. Well, can't see hardly nothing. Stuff. All right. Well, let's. Um, you got some rope. Maybe we can tie ourselves together. Uh, we don't get separated. I'm gonna uh, sure. roll attention die. I pull out some rope. Uh, about twenty feet. I tell you what. Let's uh, let's just tie some knots onto it, and we'll just hang on. All right. And I can uh, uh, here. And then Gunner will take out a cipher of light and cast light onto a part, a, a section of the rope, so that we can see our way down. Nice. Great. All right. All right. I'm going down. Let's do it. 
Oh dear. Jeb slides down first. As you sit down and kind of plunge down the slide into the lair, um, it goes way longer than you thought it would. Uh, it looked like maybe, you know, a 20 or a 30 foot drop, and that was kind of what you had. Instead, it's a drop of like 40 or 50 feet. Um, maybe even longer, maybe 60 feet, maybe 70 feet. You're watching as, you know, stuff yeah. is we're sliding And we're only by. like 10 feet behind each other. Yeah, also. yeah, yeah. So, so all of you are seeing yeah. this as well. I'm just describing it to yeah. Jeb. because I've got the blunderbuss out, and I'm like, hey, Garlow, it's me, Jeb. Hey, Garlow, it's me, Jeb. <laughs> okay. Hey, Garlow, it's me, Jeb. Um, as you whoosh down the, the slide, you finally come careening off the slide at the end, um, and it, it is sliding you directly towards a wall of stalactites that are sticking out mm -hmm. towards you. Mm -hmm. Roll a that dexterity tracks. save to get that yourself tracks. out of the way. Those of you who are trained in acrobatics may use acrobatics instead. Can I... Okay. 19. Dexterity save. Fox is able to avoid it. 24. 24. Uh, Gunner is able to Gunna. avoid it. Gunner. No. Is that a net one? That's a nat one. That's a nat one. Oh. Jeb goes careening into the wall of spikes, Ooh. slams into them. It, like, shatters a bunch of them as he kind of uh, slides right into them. And I'm rolling damage. Ouch. Ouch. Uh, that is 16 hit points of damage, uh, piercing damage, Ouch. as Jeb slams into these stalactites on Jeb. the other end. Um are you okay? No. B Street added a die to the tension pool. We're up to two dice in our tension pool for today. Ooh. No, I'm not. You say I'm, who added a tension die? B, B Street. Street Homes. Ah. Yes, the the namesake of B Street, Bradford oh, Street. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, you see how I did that? I thought it was the other way around, and somebody named themselves after <laughs> that quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, someone made an account, <laughs> named themselves after, followed for 10 impressed. minutes, and are, are here in the chat. I, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good sentences. Uh, so, yeah, Jeb goes slamming into the wall. He sits there. There's, like, a beat of of rest where Jeb is just there and in pain, the uh, sound of the wind dies away and becomes a storm that's just outside. And then there is a huge crash as Thraxenhow, an ancient dragon, slams through a false wall and stands over top of all of you. He gives this huge roar that shakes the foundations of this ice room that you're in. <laughs> Who has come to my domain to die? And then from behind the dragon, you hear a voice go, nah, dude, they called ahead. It, it's okay. And Garlil, <laughs> in his humanoid form, like walks up next to Thraxenhow, and he's like, it's all right, man. Like these, They're, they're cool. They're, they message, ah, dude, that looks rough for you. The yeah. slide can be pretty rough. You got to be careful with that. I have holes in me, Garlil. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you do have holes in you. And standing there before you, dressed in his black suit, still looking impeccably like you know, tailored and, and cut and whatever, even though he's clearly like mm -hmm. a refugee here, is uh, Garlil, who is normally a black dragon, avatar of the chaos god Gomteus, stuck in his humanoid form until he can get uh, his connection to divine magic restored. Um, he walks forward and, and like kind of helps Jeb stand. It's like, Thanks, I can't God. heal you, man. No, I don't have anything okay. to heal it's with, okay. but it's like, uh, uh, so you guys are here. Thraxenhow is like, things are happening. <laughs> Why are things happening? This is to be a sanctuary. And he s brings a snarling head down and looks at Garlo and he's like, you told me things wouldn't happen if I let you stay here. <laughs> he's like, look, dude, I didn't do things, okay? Sometimes things happen that I don't do in the world. He's like, 
like, but you're a dragon. You make the happenings happen. <laughs> Not always, man. Not all the time. Uh, and he looks over at you guys and he's like, sorry about this. It's really hard to get through. a bad time? No, well, no, every time is a bad time. <laughs> and Thrax now looks over at you and goes, yes, it is a bad time. That's unfortunate because it's going to get worse. <sighs> and he like growls and little bits of his ice breath kind of spill out of his mouth, like in, you know, a, not on purpose. And just you see like around you little vapors in the air just freeze into shards and slam into the ground and <laughs> kind of crush on the ground. He says, uh, what do you mean there are other happenings? So, uh, unrelated to us, I want you to know. Uh, As he clutches the rod of charisma. Yeah, I know. This is worried. This is fidget toy right now. Yeah. Un- un- the, the passive grants an advantage against being frightened, so that's good. Unrelated to us, uh, there's like a little bit of like an army uh, at the bottom of uh, your your domain. Um, they're and like they're, and you are their scouts? Judgment. And he stomps angrily on the <laughs> ground. A stalactite falls from the ceiling and shatters next to one of you. I would like everybody who's not Fox to roll a charisma save against being frightened. I think something recently... Uh, <laughs> not surprised. <laughs> Is that a one? You need to use a different D20. <laughs> Dice jail for that die. Oh, yeah. I got a nat one as well. Oh my <laughs> no way, two nat ones. Fox is talking. He turns around, and both um, Gunner and Jeb are pushing themselves as far away from right. Gunner is trying to climb. I'm sorry, Gunner's- sir. I'm just bleeding, sir. I don't want to die, sir. I already have holes in my body, sir. I'm sorry, sir. Gunner's trying to climb back up the slide. It's too slippery. I can't. I can't get any. <laughs> okay, I can't do it. Like, sl- like a treadmill, but for climbing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, sir, what did I just say? I said unrelated to us. We, if we were scouts, that would be a relation. Roll persuasion with advantage. <laughs> what is this die today? Bruh. Okay. Uh, persuasion, you said? Yes, persuasion uh, with advantage. Persuasion is 16. Okay. Uh, he says, so you did not bring the army. I did not bring the army. <laughs> Why are they here? <laughs> that I'm not sure, though I imagine they might have figured out that you might be a piece of a puzzle they're trying to solve. I am not a piece of any puzzle. Okay. I am Thraxenhow. I am the master of this mountain. I'm not a pawn in some scheme. I, I, I am not a weaver of political webs. I am a leader. See, that's the thing, though. With people weaving webs, sometimes they throw them at you and you get ensnared by the web. Now... I'm lost in the analogy. So who's weaving a web? Is there a spider? uh, In the analogy, yes, there's a spider. uh, And and that analogizes to an abolith. An (laughs) abawat. Ancient ones who existed eons before eons. The dragon's head kind of swivels and looks at Garlow and he goes, the, the big green fish. The green fish are here? And he snaps <laughs> his head back around at you. Uh, I don't know if they specifically are here, but they are the ones leading that army. It what? I'm sorry, Luke, my dog is freaking out. Uh, he, he swings his head back around to Garlow and he goes, you told me you had taken care of them. And Garlow's like, 
we did, and then they came back. I don't know, man. I'm going to let you deal with this. He points <laughs> over at Fox. He's like, he's the one with the information. Thrax now looks over at you and goes, why have you come here? Are you stealing from my horde? No, I actually came here to give you to your hoard information, which is very valuable. I cannot hoard information. I <laughs> demand gemstones. And he slams his foot on the ground again. And you can see that in the walls, what you had thought was like little gravel and stuff to obscure the view is just his hoard spread out through the walls. Hey. So he's like frozen all his little trophies and gems and things. Some people like to think that information that others do not have privy to or very little people have privy to is kind of of value and almost invaluable to himself. A king could sit on a mountain of riches, but he will still die to the unseen hand with the blade. Knowing of the blade... No blade can slay Thraxton, how? It's it's an analogy, sir. (laughs) How dare you impugn my honor? Okay, point being, I just wanted to let you know there's an army out front on your lawn. Why did you bring an army here? (laughs) I didn't bring it. So what do they want? I think that you might have something that they want. They want a piece of your hoard, probably. Which piece? <laughs> I, I, I lock eyes with Garlo. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, well, um, probably the intelligent pieces that are sentient. Senti what? Do I see Setonia anywhere around here? Uh, no, you don't see her. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm talking about the avatars since I assume they have come here for refuge. So they brought this army. And he turns around and looks at Garlo. You brought this upon my domain. Well, I mean, they would have came here anyway, but because the Abolists seek to like enslave all. And obviously you're unenslavable, but they don't know that. (laughs) So they're going to try. So really, they're just coming a little early, and it, which is better for you because this means they're a little weaker and easier because they haven't like dealt their full like they haven't manifested their full power yet because we're we're helping against that. I know this is a lot. Take it. <laughs> Roll persuasion, just normal persuasion. I think Fox is doing. Surprisingly I think so too. Well I, yeah, this. he's doing great. Uh, okay, that's twelve plus nine. Okay. 21. Uh, he looks at you and he says, so if I give you these two beings and you leave, this army will leave. I, I think it's a little too late for that. <laughs> they, they may chase us. They might chase yeah, us. they might chase us. But, uh, because I, they're like, hey, there's those guys. They're problems. We, I, can, we can, you know, do this guy later. So logistically, right, uh, this, is, this is probably a lot. Okay, they have a big army we're few people right they're only going to send few people I after us idea, Gunner. they're going to keep what? the big army here oh, All right. why because few people are faster than big army but they want my they only want this part of my horde or are you lying to no, Thraxenau that's why they came here but I mean at the end of the day they want to conquer the entire world and planes that's like what they. I think that's their. Whole, am I right, Garlo? That's that's what the Abolists are I mean, all that's, about. That's pretty much the idea. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much what they're doing. They, so you know, they want to be the gods. They're trying to replace the gods and be worshipped. And it's like a whole. It's a whole thing. It's been seventy-two eras of this, man. Yeah. So basically, even though they came here looking for uh, Garlo and such, 
Um, they're not leaving. Which I, 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 I if we left... My it, mountain is too dangerous for them. It will destroy an army. Well, they have access to magic. I'm magical, and he breathes out a big cone of cold that like shoots up, and it seals off the entrance that you came in through. Look, magic. Uh, Whoop de doo. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a lot of people, and some of them are potentially dangerous. Like that sounds like a you problem. I well, they're gonna make it a you problem. Is what I'm. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Is no matter what we do, they're not leaving. Well, actually, um, Jeb and I were just having a sidebar over here, and um, the dragon's head snaps around towards you, still at the like the sliding wall. <laughs> its neck is long enough that it just reaches over and looks at you and says, "Aside what?" Gunner is still afraid, <laughs> so he's just like. Uh, 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 um, I, uh, we were having a conversation over here so, quietly while you two were having that conversation. A conversation about what? Well, uh, Fox just said um, there's nothing we can do about the army at your door as far as if we escape, they may still stay here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, Jeb raised a, a great point. Though. Jeb is this one, and its head swings over, and now it's in front of Jeb, still bleeding profusely. Yeah, I'm Jeb is the bleeding one. That's all, That pool on the floor is part of me. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. So, um, so to recap, and he like pulls his <laughs> pulls his head back, and he goes, "The one that has no uh, dog like features is Fox. I'm Fox. The yes. rat is called Jeb. Yes, I'm a rat. And the rock is called Gunner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then All he right. slides his head back. You know, gets real close, uh, like right up in your face. Um, yes. Um, you um, had a, an idea. Well, Jeb had an idea. Yeah, okay. Actually, you had an idea, and his head swings around to Jeb. <laughs> so, so like, wait, when, when, when we, when we get our our ship thing put back, back together, because we're gonna leave, we're gonna leave on the mountain with the ship. We're gonna take Garlow. Hopefully, please, Mister, thank you, sir, and and Sonia, and we're gonna leave. Uh, this 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 really really cool guy here is good at making Thanks. things go boom, and we yeah. could like make a lot of them and just drop them on the army. On my horde, you would no, never. No, 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 on, no, on the no, army. No, no, no. Oh, we, we, we fly away, and we and, just drop, 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 and then, drop, and then that would make them go away. That also, would be, that would be what we were doing. You're you're very powerful, and yes, I am. And he kind of like straightens <laughs> up a little bit. If a show of force would surely make them reconsider their position. Mm, I like that. I like that. That's smart. I'm and, smart, and, and I and agree with that. I can I can drop bombs in a way that if you were out fighting, we w- we wouldn't hit you with the bombs. So you would you would act as like a warning to the army on my behalf. So we yeah. would act as a warning, and you would sh- back up that warning with a show of force. Yeah. Then the then the Aboleths know that. They they can't mess. Well, let's with be you. honest. They don't. No they, matter how many big booms we do, we're we're very little well, and few people. That's a, that's mean, a diminishment of my big booms. Yeah. Compared, <laughs> compared to him, okay. Compared, Gunner, have an to inspiration be, for how well you've done. Like he's terrified, but not so terrified that he doesn't want to stand up for his explosives. Here's an inspiration token. To be, oh, to be fair, uh, like one of his big booms has killed an aboleth. That, uh, that I, mean, I, I I understand. You that. have killed one of the green one fish. Of them. Yes, 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 yes. He's the only one. Well, I mean. Thank you. Gunner's like <laughs> blushing, even though his, his skin is rocks. <laughs> I mean, it was it was quite an experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was other help along. I have an idea. 
And he, yeah, he speaks sure in such a, a way that like... I'm sure it's a very good one. I'm sorry, I'm bleeding. <laughs> he, he sits back and, and kind of like leans on his haunches and he brings like a claw up and kind of cleans his teeth. You see he's cleaning like a full elk out of one tooth, you know, like cleaning, so cleaning his tooth. teeth. And he tosses it aside and he says, here is what I will allow in my domain. You may take this bait. And he points over at Garlo. He's like, yeah, all right, whatever, dude. And like points at Garlo and he says, and the moose. And Satonia, who is uh, taking the, the avatar of the nature god Kotix, uh, who is in the form of a sort of glowing, semi-translucent moose. Uh, think like a la Breath of the Wild, the little blue bunnies. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like that, like that vibe. Yeah. Um, Satonia kind of steps out of one shadow, very like daintily clip-clops over to you, the, you know, echoing around the ice hall. You may take this bait and you may use it to lay a trap in which you leave my domain and you drop one of these booms upon the army, and then you will leave and never return, and if the army still attacks my domain, I will find you and hold you personally responsible. <laughs> I, all right, just, so. Just to, just to, just to check your, what you're saying here, I just want to make clear. Is it right if there's more than one boom? As long as they're on the army, I suppose that's fine. Perfect. Thank um, you, also, I'd, I'd I'd like it to be known that um, yet again, like we 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 didn't bring this army to you. We were doing other. You're doing things. a lot of hedging. Are you a fearsome legendary adventurer worthy of an audience with me, or are you dinner? <laughs> I'm I'm the former. Do You're you formerly know? a legendary adventurer. No no or, no. Does you know about the green dragon person? Because we have a favorite with him, maybe we get like the friends with him. Do you know a green dragon? Why would I fraternize with a green dragon? They cannot survive the cold. They are pathetic. <laughs> yeah, never mind. I forgot that. Just don't worry about I'm it. guessing you don't go out often. Why would I need to go out? You don't need to. It's just fun sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Get out, touch grass. It's true. <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> sometimes some, so sometimes you need to live stream in person. Right? <laughs> Fox is telling this ancient dragon to go touch grass. That's awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling it as it is. <laughs> I have an inspiration for breaking me. <laughs> <laughs> These inspiration coins are awesome, by the way. Yes. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> fun in what way? I need to like bring it back in. I'm a scary dragon. I'm a scary dragon. Fun in what way? Uh, well, um, fun like hunting? Yes. Hunting prey that is perhaps a bit more challenging and fun. You know, have, you have to think a little bit more than elk. You know, elk... You know, they run, and it's fun to see them run. I'm sure I don't... I, I mean, that's your experience. I, I'm not going to speak for you, but um, but but armies, like, they, they fight back a little bit, so that provides a challenge, you know? And it, it shows a way to, like, test yourself a little bit to be like, yeah. You imply that my skills require testing? No, no. Thraxen, how is unquestioned? Well, it's kind of uh, like... Sir, sir, if... If I if I may, yeah, yeah, go ahead. It sounds like this army is questioning you. 
roll persuasion with disadvantage because you're pitching it scared. So like he kind of has the idea that you'll say anything to to get out of your your circumstance. This is not good. Sorry, what my colleague is trying to say. I peed myself a little. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so now there's blood and pee on my floor? Some, it's sorry. All, it's all liquids coming out. I don't know. It's frustrating. <laughs> and he like kind of breathes out another little bit of ice, that cloud that just kind of falls onto the ground. Dogs, this is all you. I'm going uh, yeah. to die. What my colleague is trying to say <laughs> is this army, by coming to your domain, is challenging you because they think this army can defeat you. But they're not here for me. They came for this bait. They brought this army to fight you, though. They didn't bring the army for us. He looks like he's actually a little confused, like he's trying to put the pieces together. Like, hmm. Like, look at us. Fearsome as we may be, an entire army we do not require, right? They, they, they will fight us with maybe 20, 30 people. And avatars, they've defended avatars with less than that. It's true. But you... They, they think an entire army is all they need to fight you. They have come to test Thraxen how with a single army? Yes. And you can, and you can see he's starting to get <laughs> like what you're trying to tell him yes. is starting to finally <laughs> sink in. <laughs> that is... That is infuriating! And he like slams his <laughs> claws on the ground. Stalactites rain from the ceiling all around you. None of them hit you by like either sheer luck or maybe he, he's controlling them a little bit because it's his lair. But it like just the ground shudders and shakes. Down at the uh, at the lair or the level of the airship, like the ground wobbles just a little bit. We zoom back up to <laughs> Thraxenhaus domain. It says, take this bait and go and send your warning. Thraxenhaus will follow. And he like sits back on his haunches and it looks at first yes. like he's cleaning out his teeth again, but instead he reaches up to the ceiling and he pulls down a stalactite so big that it's sword sized in his hands and he just rips it out of the ceiling and goes, Thraxen, how will fight this week? And he stabs it into the ground like a sword that you're just like poking I, on the ground. I bow profusely. Yes. Yes. You will show them your true strength and the people will write tales about it. Now go, I tire of this conversation. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> a little a little way just kind of opens that you can use to leave um, as he kind of mentally rearranges his own lair. And, and, so our, and we're bringing the, the avatars with yep, us. Yep, so you well. have Garlil and Satonia with you. Um, They're the only two avatars you stashed here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, when we get outside, can I just etch into the ice, nose soliciting? <laughs> sure. <laughs> you etch into the ice, no soliciting. And as you're doing that, there's another like heart pounding, shattering noise as uh, Thraxen Howe's head bursts through one of the false walls. And then his neck follows it and it kind of stretches out, loops around, and comes back to look at what you're writing. And he goes, Oh, actually, I'm okay with that. That's good. <laughs> Thank you for putting that there. I keep trying to tell people and they don't. They don't I just always saw understand. it maybe writing it in common. Might yeah, help absolutely. A bit. That's a good idea. What common? What? What's that? It's it's just one of the many weak languages. Don't oh, worry about it. Oh, weak languages. I understand. Yes. Weak like you. <laughs> yes. That's good. And yes. then he, he pulls his head back in and the ice like shatter. You know, he kind of breathes on the false wall and you see it reform again as he pulls his head back inside. Um, and you have now successfully um, retrieved Garlel and Setonia, the two avatars who need That's to be brought awesome. back down Serpent's Pass. And on that note, I think we're going to take a quick 10-minute intermission, stretch our legs, um, put on some lovely elevator music here. 
Uh, verticulator music, you chat, mean. Yeah, verticulator music. Uh, well, not everyone was here, so I was just trying to make it accessible <laughs> for them. But, you know. Uh, and, yeah, we'll be back in about 10 minutes, chat. Thanks for hanging out with us. We hope you're still here in 10 minutes. And if not, we love you anyway. <laughs>